Is y'all seeing what I'm seeing, man? Hello? It's the 10th movie. We gotta go big. Vin Diesel talk about some. It's family. Of course it is. I'm not gonna lie. We went from racing to saving the whole entire world. Wait a minute. I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is unfortunately not here. He's uh, at a family event, and I wish him well on that. Uh, but Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We talk about movies via most of for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 534, 534, and this week we are talking Fast X, the x entry in the Fast Saga. That's right, X. And joining me to discuss Fast X, we have from the Too Fast, Too Forever podcast in 1999, the podcast, if it can be done in a car, he's done it. It's Joey Lewandowski. Hello, Aaron. I'm so excited to be here. I did not know that this was episode 534. That was the exchange, not the area code, but the exchange of the phone number growing up. So it's a very special number to me. So I am exchange. honored. What's the difference? The middle. So there's area code exchange and oh, whatever okay. the last four are called, okay. the middle three. I, I knew that. That's why I planned for this uh, way two Thank years. Thank you so much, Aaron. I think uh, it's, I, I'm worried that you knew my phone number, but happy to be here. I knew a guy. Uh, also joining us from Movies, Films, and Flicks and Con Air. The podcast. If it violates the laws of God and gravity, he's done it twice. It's Mark Hoffmeyer. So if you add 534 together, that's 12. And that equals Ocean's 12, which is a very underrated movie. And if you times 5 by 4, that's 20 plus 3. That's Jordan's number. And I just watch Air. <laughs> right. You're also like doing like the number 23, like the Jim Carrey. Like, did you know that if you add up the characters in Fast 10, Aaron Newworth, that's actually 17. But if you take 17 and add the four of us and also the two movies in the two-part finale, it's 23. You know, I've never watched 23 because I feel like I see it all in my head and I don't want to watch it as opposed to what I think it's going to be in my head. <laughs> the version you have in your head is definitely better than Joel. 100% Schumacher better. It's just him looking at things, like seeing 23 Oh, everywhere. you'd be surprised how bizarre the movie is. It's not good, and it's not, like, entertainingly bad. It's just like, oh, this happened. Uh, regardless, also joining us from the Too Fast, Too Forever podcast, <laughs> as far as he's concerned, the days of one man behind the wheel make a difference will never end. It's Joe, too. I'm so glad to be here, and I'm really excited. This is our This is our Super Bowl. Dude, like I've been talking about this for a week. This, like this is it. I'm I've been just waiting for so long, and I'm so happy to be here. Well, also, I'm... if you times three times four, that's twelve minus five, <laughs> that's seven. That equals Furious X, Seven. X I Furious Seven, the highest grossing Fast and Furious movie. Nailed it. I'm glad 1. we got all the math bill. out of the way earlier. <laughs> so, so that's that's done now. Like there'll be less math to the rest of this podcast. But uh, that's I'm what you think. <laughs> I'm, I'm just happy it's I'm happy I'll put it this way. I'm happy it's in the clipboard, you know, so we can we can paste it in if we need to later, but it's already there in the you know in this whole thing. So good. Man. I'm glad to have you guys all here. How are you all doing this evening? Very well. How are you? Wonderful. Aaron? I, I'm sure about that fifty dollar tin, Aaron. <laughs> we got it. The popcorn tin? Yeah. We got it. Joey and I got one. He got oh one right God. there. Look. <laughs> oh my gosh. We didn't eat popcorn out of it. We and we, we also... saved it. Got the IMAX trading cards, baby. Oh, I want the trading cards. Oh, that's upsetting. <laughs> I gotta tell you, if it was Brian's Supra or or Han's, whatever Han was driving in this RX-7. one, I would. Oh, or, yeah. no, this one, the Alpha. Yeah, I would have bought that. I would have bought. I would have bought any of Brian's cars. And if they had the ejecto seat, I would have paid seventy five. 
Ejecto seat oh. does. Yeah. Yeah. If you could have shot popcorn out of the side, that would have been so, like into in your, your mouth. mouth. Yeah. There is a moment in this movie where <laughs> I, I know that where there's more things to talk about before I get to past ten, but there's a moment just reminded me where Roman reveals that he is carrying money and he doesn't say pockets ain't empty because it's like, dude, the line is right there. They've done this before. Come on. Know, it it feels like the this. kind of thing where they could have been multiple versions of that scene, and that definitely was one of them. And then you see yeah. the take that made the most sense for them. I mean, Joe well, and I have said over and over again that they do not rewatch the movies. So, like, we wrote a movie, we don't remember what's in it, we're just moving forward. And, like, they're like, we're not going to reference earlier lines or earlier scenes or earlier interactions. We're just going to keep going. It's like, okay. I, anyway, I, I think that applies to most of the characters. I would say that uh, that definitely applies to some of them. We'll talk about this. We're going to get to this. We have other stuff to do. Let's get to some show notes. Uh, <laughs> what else is going on? Uh, it is, of course, summer. Summer movie season is upon us. So, that means the 11th annual summer movie gamble is certainly in the full steam. Uh, this is, of course, where uh, Abe and I, along with many guests of the show, including Mark, uh, have all predicted what we think are going to be the top 10 highest grossing films of the summer at the domestic mm. box office. Uh, always a fun challenge. And, of course, we were talking about Guardians for the past couple of weeks because it's making some money. But this week, Fast X comes out, certainly one of the films that is in competition. And at the time of this recording, it's currently looking to make around 67 to $68 million at this opening weekend. Uh, not the strongest for a fast movie, but given how we've predicted, it's certainly lining up with our potential um, as uh, as far as where we think it will rank by the time of the end of the summer. But we'll see what happens. There's, there's, a was, lot of, there's a lot of weeks, a lot of time to make money. Was that just domestically, though? Yeah, I domestic. feel like that was just domestic. Because you know well, these movies play huge worldwide. Very so, like, oh, yeah. But as, yeah. Far as, as far as Fast is concerned, it's going to make like, around $300 million worldwide in its opening weekend, mm -hmm. uh, which yeah. is you know, nothing to sneeze at for sure. But in terms of what's more important, which is the out now summer movie Gamble, 67 68 million for the weekend is what we're going with right now. Um, yeah, fast needs more Florence and the Machine. Fast 10 plus Florence <laughs> and the Machine, a dance party at the end. The Florence and the Furious? <laughs> the machine. I thought you were going to say needs more Florence Pugh, and I was going to say, yes, please get Florence Pugh in the family. Oh, also a good call. I mean, oh, yeah, have... that seems like realistic. Like that could yeah. probably happen. <laughs> they wanted to make it happen. She's little, little nobody. Yeah, baby, baby yeah Tess, is, Tess is sister, right? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I was right on the same wavelength. Yeah, I feel you. The third. Uh, all right. Uh, outside of the gamble, other things going on with the show. Uh, we currently have a bonus episode that's been recorded. It should come out very soon. Uh, that's a discussion with Abe and I, along with Professor Mike Dillon, uh, in coordinates with a, con with a, a contest that he launched that resulted in this. It's a Fright Night versus the Lost Boys episode, which is a fun discussion we've had about those two 80s vampire films. Uh, so that should be dropping soon. Along with a new commentary track uh, next month, but this month we talked about X2, X-Men United. We do commentaries every month, and this net for the next couple of months we're doing a superhero summer, where we have a commentary track focused on a superhero movie uh, celebrating some kind of anniversary. X2 celebrated its 20th anniversary. Next month we're talking The Mask of Zorro uh, for its 25th anniversary. Um, but yeah, you can find every, all these bonus episodes, all this fun stuff we do, everything we do over on iTunes, uh, where you can search our show out now with Aaron and Abe find our show and you'd see it and be like oh yeah there are a lot of episodes that's wild uh, and then you could also give us a rating and review which would be great uh we can pump us up in the old itunes charts either out there or on spotify uh that'd be great thank you in advance okay that's out of the way <laughs> let's move on let's move on to more things where, where tangents can interrupt our process um <laughs> i'm really <laughs> proud of myself for being quiet there i almost jumped in I about four so times hard. i was like i was like <laughs> professor mike dylan he's great Listen to our horror episode, and then you talked about X two, and I was like, "Oh man, that end scene!" I just got my. I'm applauding for being a good podcast. I, I need to. Mark, you did a great job. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Thank you, guys. All right, let's move on to some bad enough cookies. 
Yeah. Each week, not now. <laughs> talk about during the week. That's what they're doing. Oh, geez. Damn. All right. Uh, but let's jump. Let's jump to Joey. Joey, what other movies have you seen recently? Oh boy, what have I seen? I know this is a segment I definitely prepared, and I'm not opening my letterbox right now to remember what I've seen recently. Um, I just saw for 99 on the podcast American Movie, which I very much oh, enjoyed. Great movie. But I will say the new release, new ish release that I saw recently that I loved, loved, loved was Sick of Myself. I love this movie so much. Have any of you seen this movie? I know that Joe has not. Nope. Mark Aaron, sick of myself. I'm trying to think it. what this is. So it is the Norwegian, I want to say, movie. Norway, yes, it's in Norwegian. It's directed by Christopher Borgli, who is directing, of note for me specifically, Dream Scenario, which is the Nicolas Cage, Julianne Nicholson, A24 movie coming out. But this is a movie where it's, I don't know how much to say without spoiling it, but um, the main woman is in an unhealthy competitive relationship with her boyfriend, and she's basically trying to get the love and affection and admiration of her friends. And so she takes this like very dangerous medication to try to basically go viral by giving herself a gnarly skin disease. I have her. I've edited a review from somebody else that wrote about this movie. Okay. This is, yeah. Okay. This movie rules. I love this movie so much. Um, I highly recommend it. It's short, which is good. It's funny, which is good. It's dark and mean and gross, which is good. And it's it's a movie that like, I think Mark, you love this movie, uh, Worst Person in the World, which I also yeah. love. But this is like, what if like she saw that and was like, hold on, hold my beer. Like, let me go to the next level and actually prove that I am the worst person in the world. So, you know, very, very good. I highly recommend Sick of Myself. Okay. Uh, let's go to Joe. What have you seen recently? Oh, um, the movie I've seen recently, which is not very recent, but uh, the movie I watched most recently was Dungeons and Dragons, which I found super fun. Uh, I was prepping for Fast X and uh, got a little Michelle Rodriguez before the movie came out, and um, I really liked it. Rachel and I had a good time watching it, and I yeah, I, I like it. Felt it played like a campaign of Dungeons and Dragons in my head. Like it felt like they were like at a table and trying to break, but also not actually breaking through that. So that was the most recent, most fun movie that I've watched. Well, good. Yeah, that's on. Uh, it's on Paramount Plus now. It is. That's where I watched it. There you go. Yep. Yeah. All right, Mark. What have you seen? So I was gonna say Polite Society. I was gonna say Sisu, but I just I'm gonna talk about Dragon Slayer. You I can just say more than one. I just watched watch that for the first time ever, Dragon Slayer, and I yeah. really like it. And I watched the hour-long documentary with Phil Tippett about how they made the I dragon, yeah. the go motion. It's it's such like a bleak, and the ending just made me laugh, even though it's it's a down downer ending. But I just laughed really hard because I just loved how a movie ended like that. And the dragon's cool. I love how the dragons get old and weak and cranky and mean. And it's just a good, cool-looking movie with really neat production design and like I feel like that in Legend would be fun to watch back to back they're completely different but i love the set builds i love the practical effects like just i like dragons i like it a lot dragons it's a good movie i'm covering on the mff pod so i've been exploring it and researching it so it's a good picture dragon slayer is really cool i was really happy to catch up on it finally with this new uh 4k that came out and um i like legend that's a movie where like that's one of the movies where I li- probably like I like the most about it without actually liking the movie very much. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much good stuff in it because Ridley Scott knows what to do, except for how to make it, I don't know, work for me specifically. <laughs> like, a lot of chicken feathers. 
<laughs> I have friends who are like, Legend is my favorite movie ever. And I'm like, I totally see that. And I understand. And almost nothing works for me. Like, I like it. I like, you know, Mia Sara in it and Tom Cruise. The aesthetics, of course. like Doing it's... things and like the Tangerine Dream soundtrack. But then I'm just like, ooh, what is here is not for me. Yeah, well, it's wonderful practical effects. It just makes mm -hmm. me happy. And I just got to say, sure. Dracula, Dracula Den loving it wrecked Peter, Mac paid Peter McNichol for me. Because whenever I see him, I just see him being Renfield from Dracula Den loving it. That's all I see. I don't care what he's in. Just dude from Dracula Den loving it. To be fair, he's the best thing in Dracula Den loving it. <laughs> a movie that I am not big on. It's a raspberry. A raspberry? Yes, a raspberry. But also, like, I grew up with Ghostbusters too. Like, that's my Peter McNichol. And then he's like, and Alan McBeal basically doing Renfield, but as a lawyer, um, and less bugs being eaten. Um, but what a shame. <laughs> the guy's got range, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I've seen a few things that I'll make note of. First is a movie called Moon Garden. You guys know a movie about, about this movie? No. No. It is this, like, it's from Oscilloscope. So it always, it, that always means it's like a real oh. indie. And um, it's this trippy thing where this little girl has these two parents. They don't, they're not getting along and the little girl slips falls down the stairs goes to a coma and the most of the movie is set in her mind as she's going through this kind of nightmare scenario um that's incorporating like the voices around her but also there's all these like random special effects that are done in like live action stop motion if you know what i mean like it's not like puppets and what have you it's not um mad god it's like people in costume things but i think i believe a lot of it's filmed as if they're doing stop motion for it hmm. so it has a unique look as far as how to create this kind of world that this little girl is kind of going through it's a trippy flick like i was uh was into the speaking of like movies about mood and atmosphere like legend this one is certainly riding on the idea of this of the style that it has like the story is fine but like in terms of like it's showing you something in a way you haven't really seen it all that much. Like it's a, it's a pretty trippy movie. Is I, that out or is that coming out or where did you see that? Out, it's out. I had a screener, but it's technically out now. I think you can, cool. I think you can rent it. I think it's like on digital or VOD. Um, but uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's quite solid. If you're kind of into that kind of trippy atmosphere type of movie Two one other ones I want to mention. One is outpost. This is a horror movie directed by Joe Rich Lutrulio. Um, of Brooklyn oh. Nine Nine in the state fame, he uh is the latest comedic performer to be like I could do horror and uh, succeed. It's about this woman who has suffered from an abusive relationship, and she decides I want to get away from it all. So she takes a job in a mountain outpost, and the residual PTSD effects of her abusive relationship kind of take hold as she starts kind of seeing things going on around her. Uh, there's a solid like list of character actors in here. Like the the woman in question is played by Beth Dover, who's like a comedic actress. She's she's Joe Latrulio's wife. Um, but you have she's like wonderful. I love her. You have like Dylan Baker in here. You have um, Dallas Roberts. Like just random character actors that like just work in generally in everything. And you have like a list of them all within one movie here. Um, and the movie itself, it's like I get what it's I get where it's going. It's not going to impress me by as far as the story goes. But I think just the performances going on and just i think the the pacing of this thing i think works well enough where it's like yeah okay as a horror debut from joe rotulio like yeah good on him i i, I enjoyed what i got out of this so. cool and the last thing and the worst thing is white men can't jump <laughs> this is the oh. remake of white men can't jump a movie that rides on the fact that it has great chemistry between woody and wesley along with you know great work from rosie perez this movie has none of those things therefore it has no reason to really exist um you have jack harlow and 
Sonequa, the actor whose name I cannot remember in full right now. Um, they're in Walls. it. Walls. <laughs> Thank you, Sonequa Walls. Uh, they're in it. They uh, they showed up, but the movie has nothing, no edge, no flavor. There's nothing really there that makes me like question, like, okay, why did we do this? I don't, I, I don't, I don't think the white man can't jump brand is particularly strong to be like. We need to finally <laughs> capitalize on the white man can't jump franchise. Um, the people have been clamoring for a reboot for thirty years. Like, it's not offensively bad, but it just lacks anything. It's just a, it's kind of a nothing of a movie. So it's like. How right. is the late Lance Reddick in it? Is he good? Lance Reddick's good in it because he's Lance Reddick, and he's it's interesting because they like they give the, both characters more backstory in this version, and he so Lance Reddick plays like like uh, the father, and he's so, he's very animated when you first see him, but then he like he gets MS, and so like for most of the movie he's like in a wheelchair or worse, and it's like this oh. is sad. <laughs> it doesn't help anything yeah. very much. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it, you know. <laughs> It's not super offensive, like I said, but it's also like, why? That's right. you know, So it's like, okay, no, that exists, and no, we don't have to. Have you watched that movie with Casper Van Dien, the Swiss exploitation movie with a lot of cheese? I saw that back in October. How was uh, it? I got a screener. Is it fun? It's fun enough for a screener. Like it's what, okay. like eight, it's like eighty something minutes. Like yeah, like, yeah. With the cheese, it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah, it's like what Swiss Grindhouse. It's fine. Okay. So, yeah, Swiss Grindhouse. Yeah, I wouldn't like race out to see it, but if you got a screener for it, watch the screener. Would you say it's Gouda? <laughs> oh, oh, boy. oh boy, it's not Stinky Limburger. So I mean, it's <laughs> the big Stinky Limburger. Sorry, let's watch Rookie of the Year again. <laughs> what? <laughs> Stay tuned for the summer of '93. We'll get to that. Oh. Um, that'll be like July episode. Uh, okay, so that's enough cookies. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to our let's get to our trailer talk. We talk about some of the newest movie trailers when they're coming out, what we thought of them, what have you. This week we got two trailers we're talking about. First is Extraction Two. This is the sequel to Extraction One. Um, once again, stars Chris Hemsworth as a Tyler Rake, who has survived what seemed like his death in the previous film. Um, I'd say spoilers, but apparently it's Netflix like most watched movie ever, whatever they want to. Really? Numbers are, it's something like that. Some claim, some ridiculous claim that the Netflix. Like, we watched also- this. We watched this trailer, and I was like. I was like, oh, what is this? And then it was like Extraction 2. I was like, I did not know there was a first Extraction. <laughs> it came yeah, out the, first, the first one's pretty good. It came out during the pandemic. So I certainly okay. was like, a, hey, there's something we can watch with that guy we like. And they and they did in droves, except for you, apparently. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I was way out of this league. But okay. Well, there's Extraction 2 now. And it's once again Chris Hemsworth. You once again as director Sam Hargrove. And you have one Russo brother, Joe, in this scenario, uh, writing the script once again. Yeah, uh, Rake is doing some kind of mercenary stuff, rescuing somebody else or extracting them, as some would say. And um, I assume action and chaos ensues. Uh, let's jump to Mark first. Mark, are you excited for Extraction 2? Still extracting? No way. (laughs) (laughs) Extraction's the first movie I've ever watched where I'm dead serious. Where I was watching, I'm like, this dude's way way too dehydrated. He would be dead. I've I've, I've never thought that before. He was thirsty. yeah, in an action movie. I've never thought that in an action movie before. And then they're like, you know what? You know what we got in this movie? We got a oneer. I'm like, yeah, but why? Like, because we have a oneer. Like, what's the oneer do? It's a oneer. And then this one, they're like, we have a 21 minute oneer. I'm great. Like, just, just another oneer. Doesn't don't need it. Like, it's just uh, it's just Hemsworth. It's like a throwback 80s action film, but like with the Russos involved, and they did Gray Man and Cherry, and it's just. 
man, I'm not, I had to watch extraction. I did a Chris thing recently. I had to watch all the Chris, every single Hemsworth, Pine, Evans and Pratt Chris movies. And you can, it'll be on fandom on Tuesday. You can watch the by numbers video. It's funny because I I did, I recently did Messina rock and no doubt. (laughs) See, I'd rather, that'd be a fun one. And, and Catan, right? Chris Catan. But yeah, they, I watched all, I watched I watched all three of those movies. Oh, right. <laughs> and I but like I had to do the kill count and I'm just watching this movie and I'm just I don't, it's like, uh, no. I'll watch it sure cuz whatever, but I I like that Hargrave and JJ Perry and David Leach and Chad Seleski are making action movies. I think generally they're really good. But I just did not like it. I don't I am not an extractioner. It's like I think you've been on this show a lot, uh, enough times for people to know that you're generally very positive about yeah, things. It's so surprising. It's, and it's like, this is a movie that has like nothing to go for it except for like stunts and stuff, which is your jam. But I guess because the first one was set in like the Middle East and not, you know, a place with jet skis and alligators and stuff. <laughs> it's really too much for you. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I, I like um, Golshifte um, Farahani. I think she's cool in it. If it was her, just sniping people and blowing up helicopters with rocket launchers. I'd watch that and I'll go watch Patterson again and I'll be totally happy. Give me her scenes and then go give me Patterson and I'll watch that instead. I mean, you're speaking my language because Patterson was my favorite movie that year, but it's um, incredible. It's just, I, it's, I don't know. It's tra- It's just, I don't, it's like, Hey, we got a winner. Like, I don't, I, I don't know why it just, for some reason did not hit my wavelength. And I was just like, this dude's dehydrated. And I've never felt that before in my life. I don't know. I was like, Okay. Just, all right. All right. Yeah, all right. Joe, yeah. what do you think of it? Are you, 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 you haven't cut, you haven't watched extraction one apparently. <laughs> so sorry. I'm way behind. Um, I don't know what a one is. I am very high. I wonder is it like a, a one take, like a one, a, a long, long shot, shot without shot. cutting. Oh, okay. 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 Or at least okay. with the, with the impression that there's no cuts in it. Okay. And there's, um, a, there's yeah. a long creative one in the first one that involves like a car chase and a fight and stuff. And it's like, Oh my God, it's crazy. That's, that's the idea. So. Makes sense. Um, I like Hemsworth. I'm a fan, but at the same time, like Joey knows this in my drug induced ADHD, I get very lost in action movies. Like that just like, there's a lot of chaos that happens. So, like I can't focus. So like I'm watching this trailer and I'm just like, I don't know what's happening here. There's just like a lot of stuff that's going on and like, I can't keep focus or track of what's happening. So for me, I understand completely why I missed extraction one. And it's probably why I am, not super excited about Extraction 2. I bet that they're fun, but I don't think their movie's made for my brain. Joey, are they made for your brain? I like the first movie. I stand by that. I thought it was pretty good. I can't tell you a single thing about it. I don't, I, other than Chris Hemsworth is in it. Yeah. Um, and, and I his, enjoyed his watching Tyler it. Tyler Rake. <laughs> which is a wonderful action name that I did not remember. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, you said, spoiler, that he almost died in the first movie. Like, this trailer starts like, remember when you almost died nine months ago? It's like, no, not really. But thank you for <laughs> reminding me. And also, like, to your point, Mark, like, they're sort of spoiling the one shot here. There is a really cool thing in the trailer here where they, like, have, where he opens the elevator doors and the grenade explodes and then he comes to the door on the side. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like, I like that a lot. But I will watch this. I will enjoy it and I will forget it almost immediately. I just want a movie where he sets up the grenade and that's the whole scene. Like, I don't want, and then like, give me that moment instead of just the guy blowing up with the grenade. That's, I want to see him carefully place that grenade. You there. just see him, like, there's no shot of him actually opening the door. It's just him on the side wave, like, oh, it worked. And then he like, comes <laughs> into the room. <laughs> give me that. It's, uh, and they, they had hot rake. Now they have cold rake. And so they're, what's next? Like, underwater rake, space rake. I mean, now you're describing Fast and Furious. You say movie. space rake. Abe's ears perked up from a distance. I can tell already. <laughs> um, I 
I, I was not big on extraction either the first one i could i could say there was plenty of like action in it that was like okay there's like quality work going on here but yeah overall the film didn't do a lot for me that said i'm not gonna say like extraction 2's totally turned me around but it, like at, there's stuff in this trailer i'm like all right like i i'll mm-hmm. certainly watch this there's a scene where he knocks a guy down into a treadmill and the guy like slides out the treadmill and flies through some glass and it's like well that's cool like i'm mean, <laughs> that's creative you know i hemsworth in like pure action mode not the most intriguing element for me i you know certainly like the fact that he can play with his charisma and use that to comedic effect and combine that with his you know brawniness here where he's just tyler rake all right like <laughs> like i need i need more of a cell than that and this one's like like you said mark he's in the snow now so it's like all right well that's that's something i have little doubt that i'll probably feel the same maybe maybe better maybe not but like generally the same as far as okay i watched it and then i'll move on with my life as opposed to being like yes finally extraction um but we'll see we'll see what happens i mean Um, i don't think i've ever missed a movie with a big train fight so i mean if there's a train fight i'll watch it so i'm there for it just letting everyone know big train summer i think we got mission impossible's got a train fights up the wazoo it seems like so i did write i did write treadmill there's a shot of tom cruise like on a trade from like production stills from like three years ago like you know he's on a train i try to avoid those things because that's like the one franchise i don't want spoiled for me but it's a toy train not a bit a real one you're just standing on like a Lionel O gauge. He goes train. to the he goes to the quantum realm and finds a small train. That's what happens. Oh no! <laughs> uh, Extraction two hits Netflix uh, June sixteenth, so stay tuned. Just in time for Father's Day, probably. Exactly. It's exactly. yeah, very much a, it's very much a dad movie series. No question. It is. Yes. yes. Uh, the next film we have is Gran Turismo. Oh, this is an it's a this is funny. It's a video game movie, but it's adapted from a true story involving the actual video game that involves yes a series of players who are expert gran turismo players who are taken out to do it for real uh they get the best gran turismo players and they get them to actually drive in race cars because it's easier to get miners onto an asteroid and drill than it is to train asteroids to drill uh so yeah that's the plan here you have uh uh orlando bloom is totally not the villain but the guy that owns all the cars and then you have david harbour as uh the sympathetic mentor figure and then you have uh archie Mad- magically as uh the aspiring teenage driver who's going to uh, get into the turismo wing uh for real uh i've said a lot about this movie i can say i've certainly played Gran turismo games in my day i was not aware of this true story but we'll go from there joe i'm gonna start with you you seem interested in what this is what what do you think here i am so hype because one i'm a big gran turismo fan i spent so many summers playing gran turismo 3 for hours and hours two i definitely knew this story i think there was like maybe an amazon series or a netflix series or something about this that was specifically about the the kid that they picked to join the racing from the Gran Turismo thing. I, I I'm unsure of like what it was called or something like that. But like, I remember seeing that as well. I didn't know that they had combined that. Like when I first saw like Gran Turismo was making a movie, I was like, Oh, this kind of sounds lame. What kind of story are they going to do? And then when we had just seen the trailer, uh, 
I don't know, we've said this before, but like Joey and I really don't watch trailers. So like when I just saw the trailer before Fast X, I was like, oh, what? like I'm seeing this. I'm like, I, this story feels real. And then it's like based on a true story. I was like, oh, I absolutely know what the story is about the kid that like became a real race car driver. So now I'm sold. I want to go see Gran Turismo, the movie. I didn't think it was going to work out like that, but I, I'm I'm a big fan. Okay, Joey? I think if I have the facts right, I think I was in the room where they announced this this oh. year at CES. And all you need to know is that from the director of Chappie, I'm in. That's all you need. Okay. I got Neil Blomkamp here. I don't know that I'm super excited for it because I, I don't know. Like, it feels kind of like a combination of, like, sports movie, inspirational movie, whatever. I mean, we will probably cover it for Too Fast in one yeah. form or another because it's Cars. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I was always like a Forza Project Gotham Microsoft racer, not a Gran Turismo racer. So I don't have the connection to video games. It's also weird that the theoretical target audience for this is gamers. And like the first half of the trailer is just like, Hey gamers, gamers, you're all dumb and out of shape and you all suck. And just like, well, aren't they also exactly the people who are going to come see your movie? I mean, the gamers are proving them wrong though. That's the whole thing. When that attract, so. when that attract the, the, it's like, oh, you see, we, we showed them. That's what they say. Yeah. Point at the screen in the theater. They do that. It's all true. right. Well, director of Chappie, that got your attention. Director of Chappie, best robot in a movie ever. Sorry, R2. <laughs> it plays a droid. So, uh, Mark, I mean, Jimon Huntsu's in it. That's cool. Yeah, I'll go check yeah. that out. Obviously, yeah. I want to know the pitch meeting for this. Like, it's cool that it's based on a true story, but you're like, I'm gonna make a Gran Turismo video game. Awesome. So they, they had cars. One this, that. No, I'm gonna tell the true story of a kid who played the game, who then became a racer, and you got. That, you know he got trained to become a real racer oh like rampage like hey w monsters you play the video games we're going to train you to fight monsters like that's need for know. speed yeah Ooh. with our girl imogen poots need for speed. listen i love need for speed the, i the, hate the, need for speed so poots i is love great. need for speed it was terrible <laughs> she has, chem she has great chemistry movie. with everybody she's wonderful yeah made for plot holes that's what i call that movie <laughs> <laughs> working title but uh, filmed in Georgia, there's a lot of potholes, and then we put steel <laughs> plates over them. So, do you guys put steel plates over? Like when you drive around, do you still see a bunch of steel plates on the ground? In Connecticut, we we just don't even. We just you just mash them as hard as you can, like New York. It's you just fall into great. them. Yeah, pretty much. I'm just in California where we overspend on everything, so yes, there's steel plates, but they're fixed rather immediately. Also, oh god, oh, <laughs> must be nice. It's just Georgia, they're everywhere. No, but I don't know. It's cool. Like, I want Blonde Camp to succeed. I think he's one of those directors who I've always wanted to. I got right. He's he's out there, District Nine, Elysium, oofta. But I do, you know, Chappie is is a lot of fun, and I just want to see him like after wasting all that time with Alien. Like I want this guy. I really do. I really want him to succeed. So I hope this does well. I hope I hope it's like a surprise hit. Harbor's always a nice screen presence. So yeah, I mean Orlando Bloom too. I for some reason I root for him. I'm, come on, Bloom, because he's generally good in things. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, now when he's older, he's got this kind of he can yeah. play this kind of character well. I hope he goes like the Colin Farrell route and starts becoming like Orlando Bloom character actor and just pops up in things. You know how there's movies that you see when you're young and you purposely don't want to revisit them uh, because you don't want what you think of them to ruin how you feel you think about them. Elizabethtown. I'm not talking about Elizabeth. I moved oh. on. <laughs> I feel like Elysium is the oldest version of that for me. Like that's like the, the like the newest movie for me where I'm like, I don't want to watch it again because I have a certain thought of how it is in my mind that I don't want to ruin. Where I it's probably not very good. At the time when I watched it, I was like, this movie's not bad. Like it's got things going. But, but in, in your it. mind, you have a positive 
thought yeah. process around Elysium. I do. And I, if I watch it again, I feel like it'll spoil yeah, that. I would steer clear of Elysium then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Matt Mark, Damon you're exactly saves the world. You're exactly I mean they save him all the time. He's got to do a one for <laughs> one for the world every now and then too. <laughs> uh neil blogcamp i agree with you as far as he's a guy where i like shyamalan it's like i don't care what he's i seem to always want to root for him no matter what fortunately shyamalan has a better track record than neil blogcamp but regardless neil blogcamp's a director who keeps making things and i'm like i mean he did it great the first time out let's keep seeing it and joey apparently believes he did it at least twice really good so i mean that name being attached to gran turismo by a rule i don't uh get excited for video game movies because i just can't anymore um and we saw the billion dollar mario movie that's part of the reason why i still don't have a mm -hmm. reason to get excited for video game movies uh, but they've certainly been better in recent years i do like this premise as far as that goes it seems like there's at least a thought going on here as opposed to how can we take an ip and then do nothing like that instead do our own thing and make it boring which seems to be the mo for many video game movies um so this one at least has like the idea in place it feels like and good actors involved or what have you so I'm not going to say I can't wait for Gran Turismo, but I will say if you just said Gran Turismo to me, I'd be like, okay, whatever. But now that I've seen this trailer, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this has me on the right, on the right track as far as um, <laughs> where we can go with this. It's very I mean, if you're, if you're giving me a Chris Hemsworth movie and a racing movie and it's not Rush, I mean, I know that these are two different movies, but combine them into Rush. Give me that movie again. That's his best performance. This, this is a sneaky, this is a sneaky segment tribute, a tribute to Rush, obviously. Shout out to Rush. Yeah. A great movie. Daniel Bruhl. Oh my gosh. Daniel Rule's more like it. Yeah. <laughs> you beat me. You beat me to it. You beat he's so good. Definitely Hemsworth's best performance. Yeah, probably. Uh Gran Turismo opens in theaters August eleventh. So they got some time on that one. You can camp out for it. That yeah, get in the lines. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Let's get to our let's get to it. Let's get to our main review for Fast X. The great Dom Toretto. If you never would have gotten behind that wheel, I'd never be the man I am today. And now, I am the man who's going to break your family. Piece by piece. The devil's coming. Dommy, I knew you would come for me. So how about we all just start shooting each other? Time to end this. Let's dig some graves. You are not to be trusted. Hey, you ain't on my Christmas list either. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Fast X. The Fast Saga has returned, and it's supposedly entering its final lap. Trouble and turmoil emerged in the making of this film as director Justin Lin quit, only to be released by Transporter 2's Lou Terrier. Reports of a huge $340 million budget for this mm. film, the first of a two, possibly three-part finale, are in mm -hmm. place. But what is Fast X all about? Revenge! Dante Reyes is the son of Ernan Reyes, the ruthless drug lord from Fast Five. Dante was there when Brian and Dom drove the Reyes vault through the streets of Rio, but got knocked out while his dad was taken down. Now it's over a decade later, and Dante is going after Dom and his family, using everything at his disposal to do so. What can the Fast crew do to stop this madman? Joey, some have seen this series going through something of a rough ride in the film hmm. since Furious 7. Where does Fast X stand for you, and what do you think of the film? 
I have it in the middle-ish of my list right now. I have it right about even with four, but below five, one, six, three, seven. I think so. What frustrates me about this, and I'm starting this podcast the same way that we started ours, oh. is that it's like Infinity War, where if you go expecting a complete story and you expect like a resolution of any kind, you're gonna leave the theater disappointed. I am very, very excited for what comes next. I think they are setting it up. I think to the point you just made, alluding to the fact that Justin Lin left, Leteria came in. He's kind of like, what do I have? What can I make sense of? How can I reposition the pieces that I can tell the next story to? But there's a lot to love here. As frustrating as it is, I think that there's not really a complete, there's no real ending. I think there's a lot to love here, especially if you're a fan. If you're a fan of the franchise, I think you would very, very much enjoy this movie, probably more than you have the last handful of movies. Okay. Uh, Joe, I'm going to go to you. What did you think of Fast X? I think that I was really, really worried about what could happen before we went into the movie. And I think that I pretty much got the best case scenario for me that the movie was a lot of fun. It didn't take itself too seriously. It was tongue-in-cheek without being corny. And Jason Momoa was just fucking awesome in the movie. So all of those things combined for me... I think that it just it worked out really, really well. And I think that for me, I have it pushing maybe possibly top three Fast and the Furiouses, more likely about four. So like at the top of the second tier for me, there's like like it will never touch like one or five. And it's greatness because of like what Joey said with not having a definitive ending. I don't think we'll ever be able to talk about 10 without uh, also talking about 11 and that hasn't come out yet like I think they will always be intimately linked so I don't know where that stands yet and I probably need to see that before I like ultimately put them put them together but for me it was pretty much everything that I would want in a Fast and the Furious movie okay Mark let's go to you where are you with Fast X so I currently have it ranked probably around seven in, in my fast, fast standings. But it's, here's the thing. like it, it goes from most loved to I still really, really love it, but it's not my most loved. It's so most I, loved I think, to you're still coming to the barbecue. Just sit over at that yeah, table. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And I, I love all these movies. And there's something to like about all of them. But it's, yeah, it's just, I, I like it more than eight and nine, which was good. Because, I don't know, I just had to watch those again and pull a bunch of stats from them. And they're fun, but I don't know. I, the, the whole... Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel being separated in eight and then nine just felt like it was kind of lacking something. And Dom really went for like the property destruction, like all the car scenes with the magnets where he just want like pulls all the cars and it kind of took me out of it. But this one just, you know what I love? It's the 11 films in it's the 10th movie of this. And they're still trying to add some personality to it. I think there's some new wrinkles in this. I think this is probably Vin Diesel. This is probably him trying the hardest since probably seven. And I like the new additions. I thought Brie Larson was fun. I, you know, Cypher's now like Aunt Cypher, if everyone's uncle, whatever else. I, I liked uh, Daniela Melchior. Like it's, it's, there's enough there. They're all over the place. And I love that it's, it's gotten to the point where it can be a $340 million movie that plays like Infinity War, Fast and Furious. Like that makes mm-hmm. me so happy that it's gotten to this point where it's introducing about a dozen new characters. You still have to take care of the other ones. It's kind of a mess. But it's still a lot of fun. Like this is Fast and Furious. Like, I don't. I 
I, I just set my expectations and I, I didn't, I really liked it. I dug it. It flew by. I should have bought the car. It feels like you and I have pretty much the same thoughts on Fast X specifically. Like I have it currently at seventh as well. Hmm. I, but I like the movie. I like it's the best one since Furious Seven in my mind. Um, it does the job of like here. What it does well, I think, is the fact that it's like ridiculous is kind of a given. You don't walk into Fast X being like, I hope this is the one that grounds things. Like this is the one. No, it's like it's going to be as ridiculous as before. That's not the question that I'm wondering. But what I do like and what I like it, uh, what I like about it more than what makes it better than the previous couple entries is there seems to be a lot of focus here. And I think that comes from the fact that there is a plan for a next one already. So they already have to, like, know what they're doing ahead of time to some degree. And when I say focus, it's not as if, like, that means the screenplay's airtight. Like, this was a it's a pretty loose movie. There's a lot of stuff in there as far as the dialogue is concerned and various choices being made about some of these characters. But I still think that there's direction it's pointing towards that I appreciated, and it made it feel like it, it made me genuinely excited and curious for what's happening next while still enjoying what's currently happening on screen. It does leave you hanging in a pretty, pretty heavy sense. Like even movies of, for a movie, for movies of cliffhangers, this one it's really abrupt. leaves you hanging pretty hard compared to some <laughs> other, you know, endpoints for films. Like I could say like back to the future 2 or matrix reloaded or infinity war i feel like there's that's not to say like you could never see those the other half of those like entries and be fine but i still think that the ride you got with those movies satisfies in a kind of three-act structure where this film is like okay so we're just stopping <laughs> like well, we just, what's just... also what's also tough about this one is that matrix reloaded and revolution shot back to back released six months apart back to the yeah. future two and three shot together released you know six months apart or whatever i think Infinity war and endgame was maybe a year apart this is there's no date for 11 but it's 2025 sometimes so it's not only bigger cliffhanger than those but it's now two years out it's like yeah it's... so when we were previewing, we're like, what if like, they're just like, what if it's going to be like a Hobbs and Shaw too? Or what if it's going to be like the, the Letty led, like, we're just like, you know, before some of the movie, like it could be like next summer, like while you wait, here's another one. And like, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Cause I think we would have heard news that they're shooting, but like, there's such a gap between this and the next one. And it's like, all right, like, but what, what, what we're just supposed to wait. We've talked about the kind of a little bit about the diminishing returns as far as the box office goes on a domestic level, even worldwide, it's gone down, but on a domestic level, it's certainly gone down in the time since furious seven kind of peaked as far as money goes. I really think fast 11 is going to be kind of a fans only affair at that point, as far as who's keeping track of the storyline with fast X that is ready to like be completely in on what fast 11 is going to deliver. That's not to say it's going to bomb necessarily. Uh, and that's not to say that the movie is too in its own head for you to under possibly understand what's going on in a sequel to this one specifically. But I do think the, um, the residual effect of like how much, the audience, the general audience cares about this franchise is going to be affected by the fact that, yeah, there's a large gap between this movie and the next movie. But that's all then. This movie, <laughs> this movie, this movie's a lot of fun. I, I really want to emphasize that. I had a lot of fun with this movie. And a chief part of that is Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa mm -hmm. is so good. Kills it. Playing like the Joker slash Peacock uh, that he is in this film. Uh, it's ridiculous. I, I don't I haven't assessed if he's like my favorite villain in this franchise, but I'm like, who beats him? Like, I don't know offhand. Mark, you're like Carter Verone, of course. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, but, um, I really like Momoa here. I like how much fun he's clearly having, like being this role. I like how outlandish and sociopathic he is in a way that's like, I want to see more of this guy. 
And I think that really gives the boost that this series could use as far as an angle for Dom and the family to have to deal with. I love what you said about Joker because during the, there's a fight between Dom and him. I just, I, for some reason, I just went, oh, Batman and Joker. I just I immediately thought that I had that vibe from him. And also, well, when, when Dom starts punching him and he's just cackling back yeah, at him, that's the yeah. Joker moment right there. <laughs> yeah. and, and also, too, you know, Eight had Cypher and Game of Thrones in it, but Cypher just wasn't, she was so monotone. And then Nine had that auto dude and then that big tattooed guy. Auto. And yeah. and then also Cena doing tough guy Dom brother and it just this one really like just let they just let him go and they showed a lot of faith in him like I, I think what Louis Leterrier just realized he had a hot hand and just let him do it and I I, I think that's what makes it immediately stronger than eight and nine also I I love that this one actually covered what happened to what Elsa Pataki's character because mm -hmm. that was a major sore spot for me for a while I just did not like that whole subplot they're like oh well, letty's back so we got to get rid of her and eight so at least now they they did something that spoke to that and like vin was crying or dom's crying during that scene when they're talking about her and i'm like okay they finally recognize that they just brutally murdered a woman to get her out of the way so that dom and letty could be together and raise so the child yeah and the child like yeah, it's just that never sat right with me and so i'm glad that they finally tackled that a little bit so, and I like Ratcatcher from Suicide Squad, so it's good to see Daniela. Ratcatcher Rat too. Yeah. Oh, Ratcatcher too. Yeah, it's good to see her in another movie after Guardians Three. She's having a decent side character year with Vin Diesel. Hmm. I agree with you as far as it's unlocking these characters, as far as letting them get to play more. Where you know we already have Dom doing his scowling and growling. Uh, it's like I don't have any other stoic characters that we need. So like having John Cena get to be like big kid, get big kid energy. John Uncle Cena. Jacob. That's that's much preferable to him ziplining everywhere with a stone face, or having <laughs> yep. Charlie Theron get to like get in on the action, have not terrible hair, um, <laughs> to like the random wigs they were giving her in the previous movies. Like that's and you know she gets to have fun with Michelle rodriguez's character yeah and of course momoa like having all the like they're everyone's getting to have like more fun here it seems along with dom who's doing you know the dom thing which makes sense like i, I appreciate it that it's it seems to be like opening up as far as the what these characters are allowed to do well this movie does feel a little over stuff like there's a lot going on oh it it's, certainly it's is also like a yeah. it's it's also somehow still like a brisk two hours and 20 minutes but like one thing that like especially in the lead up to this movie, we're like, okay, so there's already too many characters in these movies, movies that we love. I'm not trying to be critical, but like there's already too many characters. They don't really want to kill anybody off. And now we're adding Momoa and Brie Larson and as we're calling him Reacher and Daniela Melchior yep. and like presumably others. And somehow they do it in a way that like doesn't like there's a lot of time spent to Momoa because of course he's the villain. He's the face here. But like, I think the smartest thing they did is like we are giving Charlize more time to play, more things to actually do. And they managed to balance things in a way that, you know, you kind of want more from everybody, but also at the same time, you're like, kind of everyone got a, a fair amount to do, which is like the, the most difficult thing in the world seems to be like directing a movie where you're like, okay, I have like 16 people in this movie that would like lead just about any other movie. How do I make them all happy? And the people who come to see the movie for you know Tyrese or for whoever like how do I make them all happy that they saw a movie with their favorite actor and he did a pretty good job I think balancing somehow all of these egos and characters and actors and stories and plot lines that's why Roman I feel loses like a fight that, which that's kind of nice 
That's why I mean he lost in Fast Six when they got the oh, rape. Yeah. Oh, that's when they got the, the rape franchise. guy to fight both him and Han. Um, I, I that's what I mean when I think when I say it's it has a, a kind of a thought out sense to it. Where again, I'm not saying all these storylines are amazing, but I do think yes, it takes it takes more than just like doing you know going on guardrails and being like yeah it directs itself to manage like all of this stuff there's a lot of stuff here and yes overstuffed is certainly an appropriate word for it but it's i was never uninterested in seeing like where we're going next like i was i like that it like shuffled us around between different locations because you have different groups in different places and it kept giving you like a okay we're leaving this here for now we're going to something else like oh i want to see what keeps going and then they get back to it's like okay good. like there's a there's something there that i guess applies to the entertainment factor yeah, no, I, I, I did. I agree with you. I appreciate like the fact that it has so much going on. I still think it gets the sense of like you know, it's Fast and Furious for one thing. It's not like it's not like you need to be very smart to process the things that are going on in this film to begin with. I, I, it's not aiming to like be super high art in that regard. It's aiming to entertain you, and I think it's getting that across. What else, as far as like some of these characters go? We talked about Momoa. Um, you mentioned some of the other people. Were there any other performances or like of the of the crew that you enjoyed in this film? Oh yeah, the you guys kind of touched on it before, but the the Uncle Jacob uh-huh. arc of this movie is so incredible. When we were talking about it, like having I don't know if it greatly benefits from this, but it definitely does for this part. But having like a cognizant child that he can like carry along, like and not having to deal with like the Fast and Furious babies that we've dealt with. Like, we've we've just had, like, you know, such young children in these movies that, like, aren't, you know, available to, like, contribute to the story. And giving Jacob somebody to, like, play along with and and baby Brian, this whole situation, I think that as, as great as Momoa was, this is just, like, a notch down on that. And that whole situation with, like, them existing and, and the canning car and just like their whole situation that they're in is great so that that was a superstar moment to me i agree i think scene is a lot of fun here I, uh, this is the kind of scene i like where he gets to be just a yep. giant kid make i him, will uh make him shazam boom. is what i'm saying oh. i will bemoan oh. the fact that um like, like i said on our on our show that as good as uncle jacob is aunt mia has basically nothing to do <laughs> and they have done Jordana Brewster so dirty over so and over dirty. again in this franchise. It's over. And basically everyone is kind of accounted for. Like at the end of the movie, even with like the multiple cliffhangers or multiple, like, oh my God, I can't believe they just did that, whatever. It's like, where's Mia? And we're like, who knows? Right? Like she's not she's <laughs> for, like they're, for they're a like, second, meet you feel like you see her, and they're like, that's not her. <laughs> nope. <laughs> they're like, we're gonna meet where Dom told us to meet. And she's like, cool, got it. And then we never see her again. It's just like right, but like, where is she? Like, I love her so much as an actor, as a performer, like as the character in this franchise. And you know, Paul passing away, like I feel like they didn't know what to do with her character. Because they're like, Well, Brian can't be on screen, so Mia can't be like, no, Mia can be. Um, but like I, I just kind of wish that like she was with uncle Jacob and baby B right. Like I know that like maybe they want to split up and like keep them separate or safe or whatever, but like throw her in there too. Yeah. I thought she was coming back. She just ducks out after hitting somebody with a frying pan and mm-hmm. become an action Mia. And then we don't see her again, but I feel like they keep doing that to her character in six. Well, she comes back and drives in six. Like, I, yeah, they keep kind of like put Mia with the kids and then, you know, Paul Walker's gone. But yeah, they're trying with nine and 10, but then they also, but I mean, what yeah there's just so many characters in this but yeah she definitely got this i i had a series of questions to like layer in here and one of them is 
within this universe, where's Brian in this oh. movie? <laughs> oh, I've thought this many a times because like they they only reference like again they do the we're not gonna bother Brian in this movie, but like how many times can we keep doing that? And uh-huh. like, I, but I. I personally like that they're not giving us a full CGI Brian in the films, right? Like, I would kind of prefer them to to let this rest. But, like, for the storyline, like, they got to do something and not just, like, sideline and be like... Because he's not at the barbecue either at the beginning. So, there's, like... There's, this movie is pretty egregious as far as reasons not to have him here. Like, the, right? first, yeah. the last one makes a level of sense. Yes. Like, he's protecting the kids. I can buy that. That's a fine. But they way even to... like show his car driving up at the end of the last one, like leading us to think that like he's gonna be in this, and then it's just like stock footage of five rejoining this, and he's completely disappeared. So yeah, I don't I don't know how long they can keep doing this. It, it it's a weird situation to be in. Like I respect the fact that they don't want to yes. just kill off the character because okay, that's fine. But also, you're painting yourself into a lot of corners, and you're like. There's no reason for this major character to not be involved in the rest of this story at this point without addressing it. Like, it's, it's weird. It's a weird, like, audience buy-in that you have to take, basically, as far as we all know he can't be here, right? So we'll just kind of, like, hazily not talk about it. It's like, all right. <laughs> and uh, I gotta say, I just had to do a rewatch of the entire franchise. And what I noticed you about had Paul to Walker, or you got to? Well, I, I got You're really a, getting back like you're, you guys, the guys that do a podcast devoted to watching it over and over again, the question mark as to why he needed to rewatch it. No, I'm yes. just saying, like he said, it like I, I had to, I had, I had it was to do a pain. it. It was painful. I, I felt the pain. Have you seen the fandom video I did? I wrote the um, yeah by the numbers. So people, I feel like people were sending blessed, them to us, and we're you like, were we know Mark with the <laughs> opportunity to rewatch the the franchise. I got assigned a, a really amazing job, a pinch pinch myself job. But yeah, Brian really grounded the franchise as I watched it again. Just his presence really grounds it. I do think that the franchise well, is yeah, missing that. It's a it's a series where it's like we can parachute cars out of airplanes and everything, but as long as you got Brian of some converse fighting Tony Jaw, you're fine. It makes sense. Yeah, like, it's... like, <laughs> like and like he wins by like you know too slow. Like he he's getting beat up by Tony Jaw. Like Letty has to save him. No, he has to fight dirty both times. So that's, yeah, that's and, <laughs> and like I think one of my favorite moments in six is when he gets that they shoot his car with that thing that'll shut it down, but he remembers it from two and he does that sweet move and knocks it off. Like uh-huh. there's a level of driving there. There's just a really, and also his presence, Paul Walker's presence, just super chill. On well, Cause it's, screen. cause it's not Dom. That. Like Dom yeah. is such its own like energy where it's like, you need a, you need like a blue collar guy <laughs> to be like to balance out whatever Dom's bringing to the screen. Brian, the most handsome man in the universe is the <laughs> most blue collar toned down yeah. reality guy. Okay. Yeah, you need someone from the Aryan race to come in and like really, <laughs> <laughs> um... but, but his, his vibe though. Like I think, you know, Roman became the comedy. Tej became the hacker. Like Brian. Uh, Roman became that. double alpha, Mark. I'm yeah. not sure if you remember. Oh, yeah, that's your double. <laughs> the 11th month wanted wanted person on the on the planet. But he, I don't know. I just miss that grounding. And I will say that it was nice seeing Roman and Tej kind of pick up that friendship that Brian and oh, Roman no. had in Too Fast, Too oh, Furious. Because okay. Brian and Roman just beat the crap out of each other and flicked each other off. And just, they were... Just uh, so much fun in the second one, but but in this one they fight, they argue, they make up, they do a nice hug. Like probably one of the best franchise hugs ever. When the two hug on the airplane, I will say it. I because I had to count every hug. I know every hug in the Fast <laughs> and Furious franchise, and that's that's a top three. 
by far. Uh, one and of my just, favorite cinematic hugs, just to put that on the table, is um, it's Edward Norton and I think Barry Pepper in 25th, or maybe it's Hillary Seymour Hoffman in 25th hour, because um, Spike Lee does that double shot thing where he gets he gets you and then he shoots it again. There's a couple of those in 25th hour. I really there's there's some good hugs in that movie. Ooh, in that right, I need to rewatch that. It's I was like, just talking about that the other day. Yeah, yeah. but it's it. So greatest hugs you're coming on that's our next episode aaron best cinematic hugs Six cinematic hugs i gotta think yeah, about it, it but that's but no i think that it is still super <laughs> often by the way um <laughs> no, I, I like their relationship in this and the fact that roman's like i'm not a leader and then tej like because all they do is insult each other in eight and nine so it was nice to see some sincerity between them because i think brian and roman had some sincerity there's some nice sincere moments between dom and brian like it was nice to have some like watching uncle jacob and the kid in the car, this one had some sincere moments that I liked that we, I think can, were lacking. Let's talk about that section of the film, because um, I I, do, I don't disagree with what you're saying as far as I like that there is a there's an arc there as far as that friendship specifically. But I do think that set of characters, those two. Um, Ramsey. Ram, thank you. It's like R. Ramsey and Han. I think that's the least successful quadrant of this movie. Uh, and I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts in that regard. Do you think they're just separating them to set up a spinoff? Oh, they've certainly talked about Roman Tej spinoff movie, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, and you could corporate whoever you want to. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a way to kind of test the grounds on that. Because there, there is a there's a moment early in this movie where Roman sets up like, I got this intel. Tej is like, yeah, I checked it out. It's legit. And then Dom says to Han, "You know, I can't let them go without you." And it's like, why? Why? What? Why? And I think part of it is because they don't have something else for him to do. And part of it is because like it needs state, whatever, without getting into like where things wind up. Right. But like it, it gives added stakes at the end of the movie. But like that's not the combo that I would have expected because like the whole like the trio, like that's where they spend so much of F9, like them, you know, in the extended cut, like Tej quizzing Ramsey on old tech or whatever, like the three of them and them both vying for her affection. Like there's definitely the built in not love triangle because like she does not love either of them right but like mm -hmm. the wanted love triangle there but then to add han in here i'm like i don't know what this I, I i don't know why he's there but it did feel like could this work as a spinoff like would be would people be interested in seeing the three or the four of these in their own movie and like can they carry like a mission with you know tiny I, tej who's I a think, great new character i think that yes it is i think that i mean the most cynical version of this is that'll be a new peacock series taught roman and tej that's the thing. I, would, I don't know why there's not that. like a million like on Disney well, Plus with all these like spin. Well, there's, the, or there's the Netflix animated series, you know, that has none, none Spy of Racers. We're we well aware with Spy Racers. Spy We've Racers. seen so much. All Spy seventeen Racers. seasons of Spy Racers that came out in a year and a half. We I saw. Didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't watch the last season. <laughs> but, um... The fact that you watched any of it is amazing. Well, because it was like it, it was that, and then like Camp Cretaceous would come on, and which is the better show, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll just put this on in the background. Regardless, I. I don't disagree as far as Han's inclusion is a little, but I get it as far as we need, you know, these people to be somewhere. And like, this is one of our guys, we need to have them. But I, I just, the problem I had with this part of it was, for one thing, it was repetitive because it just kept being this, um, they go somewhere, they try to find information, then they, you know, they get compromised and they have to run away. They did that like three or four times, but also it's just not that funny. Like, you know me, Tyrese is my guy. Tyrese is my guy in this series. He is what I think is my favorite my favorite character in this fast franchise currently. And he wasn't making me laugh very much, this guy's guys. I, I don't know. I wasn't uh wasn't feeling wasn't feeling Roman as much this time around. He and Dwayne Johnson to... have a good bit together. Like I think Roman in six 
and like eight like where's the baby powder and the lotion like the he shoots the him and the rock the, are good despite yeah. the fact that they probably get along even worse than vin and vin and rock do <laughs> they're very good together I'm told. yeah like when he shoots out like the, the um vending machine there's another good vending machine gag in this one with roman around but yeah mm-hmm. you he shoots out the vending machine like they're, they're funny like where's the baby oil like that kind of stuff so i don't think he has he's he's sort of become the fool i think roman yeah he's but always again, on the back like, foot it, as far as this movie goes, just the foolishness wasn't working for me. That's true. Am I completely off, Joe? Were you on, laughing hysterically at Roman's antics this time around? At least he's not hitting on Ramsey the entire time. No, no. I, I, I don't think that I'm laughing hysterically at Roman's antics, but I think they're trying to pivot him. And I think that there's like a point that Joey was like, I don't like how comical and clownish that Roman has become. And I think that maybe that's not just his point of view because we've heard it from other people as well. So I think they're trying to pivot him back to a little bit more serious and maybe they overshoot and that's like the whole leadership thing and stuff like that. But but it actually worked for me for him not to have to be the comic relief in this movie. And again, that's why I like the Jacob and baby Brian situation because that felt like the comic relief. And to let... Tyrese be a character that is a little bit more serious and then drop in some comical lines, which again, I don't think was like very funny in this movie. I'm with you. Like I wasn't like laughing hysterically at Tyrese. And I do like when I get to laugh at Tyrese, but it worked better like to not have him have to carry the, the breath in between the, everything that's happening the whole time. That's like to kind of spread it around works a, a little bit better. That's entirely fair. And I'm not saying he needs to be foolish to be entertaining. Too fast and furious. He's hilarious, but he's also intimidating and in what yep. he needs to be. Um, I just and it's not even like I'm blaming it solely on Tyrese. I just think that section of the movie for me was like the as entertaining that's, that's as it also was. Fair. It just it felt like that was you know, of the because there's what there's Dom, there's Momoa, who's generally with Dom, there's Jacob, there's Letty, and then there's the other crew like that's so there's like yep. five mm-hmm. just like yep. Jesus. there's like how many figures i have there's six segments over here <laughs> like that's the one where I'm like eh, this is and it's mainly because of like the structure around it like there's a big cameo that happens in london in that part that i just didn't find funny whatsoever um yeah nothing could have, they could have just sped them. through and they could have gotten to because like in the trailer at the end of nine we know that eventually at some point han and deckard are going to hook up right and then when they're like hey i know exactly who to go to we're like oh deckard and they, there's a whole cameo just like well why didn't you just go to the other than like hey result look who we got yeah it's a weird way to go speaking of deckard since we're in this section of the film <laughs> I have nothing against Jason Statham. Let him do whatever he wants to. Oh, I hear a big bug coming. Why is he so angry in this movie? <laughs> he's like angry. He's than always ever. angry, man. Brooding. Yeah, he's, he's always super brooding. angry. Like, but like the like the character he played in Hobbs and Shaw, and even the eight of the yeah. Furious was a guy that was calming down. Was, Uncle and let alone he was at a barbecue. <laughs> like, like, but the second he sees Han, it's like I am the angriest version of of Shaw yet. Like, and it's. <laughs> <laughs> again, I'm not against the idea of Jason Statham doing whatever in a movie, but it did feel weird to be like, he, he hates everybody again? Like, I thought we got past this. He doesn't know the these people. So I, I can kind he of rate this off. They had a barbecue. They saved yeah, the baby. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, do, do you, are you friends with everybody that you've been at a party next to before? If you go to a Dom barbecue, you're in the family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except uh... for Leon. 
Well, because that, that was the whole like that was the whole impetus of Justice for Han. It's like he killed Han when we thought Han was dead, and then Dom's like, "You saved my baby. Come to my barbecue." Right? Like that barbecue appearance was the inciting incident for Justice for Han. Sure, but that's him. Han. That's him. Dom and Hobbs. That uh-huh. doesn't mean that he has to be friends with your friends. But why? But why would he be angry at Han? Han should be angry at him, not the other way around. I agree. No, like, that, that's, that's a very that's good point. What, that point I agree with. The yes. second he what sees if, Han, he's like, I'm angry at you now. He's like, what, like, if you he's racked, what if he's racked with guilt and seeing a Han reminds him that he hates himself? I mean, that's yeah. what the Hobbs and Shaw movie was supposed to get past. It's like, I gotta make a lot of amends, brother. Like that was that was his whole deal. Like this is like the second he sees Han, she'd be like, Oh, thank God. I have so many things to tell you. Like I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Bad, really dude. sorry. I'm my sorry bad. for what I thought was killing you, but apparently I didn't do it, even though I'm really good at my job and I didn't good. take the body. <laughs> Wait, how did you survive? Kurt Russell? Yeah. Kurt Russell? Is what? he around? Oh, he's yeah. not. He's still not around. Okay. He's not dead though. We're very we're very careful to say that. We say other words. He's out <laughs> making wine, goji wine, and he didn't, he didn't want to show up. But yeah, but, no, he was. I mean, yeah, he was just kind of scowling. That he was didn't... my thing of Statham. I have no problem with Statham. Do whatever you want to do. It was just like it seems. It, it seems like a reverse character move as far as what's supposed to happen here. That's interesting. And he's worked with Louis before, so you figure they might have talked about that. Like he would have some yeah. form of control of the character. Well, here's the thing. Fa- I assume Fast Eleven, Statham's going to get all times to shine. Like he's going to do his thing with Helen Mirren, who strangely loves being in this franchise. Yeah. Um, she clearly does. Like she, like Helen Mirren, let alone Rita Moreno, they're not getting out of bed for money. Like <laughs> they just really like being around with Vin, Vin Diesel, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so. Four four women who have won Oscars in this movie: Charlize, yeah. Brie, Rita, and oh Helen. My God, yeah, that's incredible. Fact. Diesel knows what he's doing. Have any of the men in this movie won an Oscar? Uh, Tyrese for uh, Baby the, Boy. <laughs> um, have any of the men won an Oscar? That's a fun question. I'm gonna say no. You know, I'm trying to make sure it's like who else is in this franchise. <laughs> Did you like that they keep adding? Like we 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 we've talked about and joked about like. Vin loves older women and he just keeps finding like incredibly talented, gifted actresses to be in his movie and like, you know, be on set for an afternoon and just show up and like, you know, have a very nice dinner, get a nice bottle of wine, a nice little paycheck, whatever. But he doesn't do the same thing with the men. It's not like, oh, like, let's bring in like, you know, everybody keeps talking about like Michael Caine, Michael Caine, not in the movie, but like you have all these older British actors or older actors of esteem that he's just like, nope, I want Rita Moreno. It's like he's okay. in Last Witch Hunter though with my with Vin. Vin wanted he Michael Caine. Is. Yeah, but not he, he gets big not burly men. World. So there's no burly men that won Oscars that are in this movie. That's the thing here. He's not um, like Ian McDermott come come into my movie, you know, or, or or I think that's how you say his name. But we can get back to any characters if you want to. But let's talk about some of the action. This film still we haven't done that at all for this past, oh, yeah. this action franchise. Oh, that's very true. Yeah, uh, Joe, what did you think of the action in this movie? Any highlight scenes or anything you want to point out? Um, I. Th- no, but we don't watch these movies for the action sequences anymore. I like it's way more character stuff. There was some some better ones. Um, I wasn't really set on the bomb through Rome. I get that's, that's how you have to start the movie. The the blowing up the Vatican thing. I really think that attempted Vin, blowing up the Vatican thing. Let's be clear. There was so clear. much <laughs> religious symbolism in this movie, and Vin is laying it on thick with like between the cross, Saint Vin blowing up the Vatican. I was like, there's like I went to Catholic school, and there's a lot of religious symbolism in this movie for me. Um, but like the action sequences, I really liked the. I think the best one that was kind of downplayed was. 
the like the helicopter double harpooned where Vin claps the helicopters together. That one should have played out a little bit longer for some reason. Um, the I mean, damn one. It's what? a long movie and there's already like another big thing coming like steps after. It's like, That's what I'm saying. So like that was like a really cool one. I like that they went back to the bridge where like, you know, Dante. Where Fast Five happens. Yeah, where Fast Five. That was a nice touch. But like the action sequences themselves, like they were of Fast and the Furious. They were of caliber. Nothing for me to write home about, but like they were good. I, I enjoyed them. Joey, how about you? I think so. Joe and I have also, while we've been talking about these movies on repeat, we've been breaking down the movies minute by minute. And at one point when there's like that 15 minute chase through Rome and Dante's on the motorcycle and Letty's doing cool stuff on her bike and like it's like this breathtaking action sequence that like they sort of highlight in the trailers and they give more in the movie and whatever. I'm just like, oh boy, this is gonna be a long like 15 minutes to break down the minute. <laughs> just like, cause you know, we, we were looking forward to the scramble at the end of Too Fast for so long. And then we're just like, oh, there's nothing really to talk about. Just like a bunch of cars. It's just like cars go. And it's like, well, like I think what Joe was saying that like we're, we're in it for characters, we're in it for like moments, interactions, lines, development like that. I like the action a lot. I think the action is pretty good. And I think there's stuff... I just kind of wish that like they didn't, you know, spoil everything in the trailers. Like they give it all away. And then like in the final trailer that came out on Monday, which I did not watch ahead of time, they spoil the kayak plane. I think the kayak plane is super cool. And like if that if that was in my head before, I'd be like, oh, I know what that is. Like in my head, when we see Jacob's old car with like what looks like a kayak attack, I'm like, I'm like, I know that's not just like that's going to be used in some way. I don't know what it is yet. I don't know how it's going to be used. I was going to come into play because it's too obnoxious and obvious to not. And then I would never would have guessed it could have become a plane. Right. But like. Stop showing things just like save something for the movie because you do really cool, crazy stunts. Just like let people experience it for the first time in the theater in the movie. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but they've been doing that since the beginning. Like every I know, they that's why I don't like trailers. Gaps. That's not. <laughs> Uh, but like, I mean, you, what you guys are saying is that you like it for the the, the characters, or what have you. So it's like you know, they give away stuff. I hear you. I'm not against it, and I've learned my lesson as far as fast trailers go. I don't tend to watch past a minute in fast trailers because I expect them to be giving things away. The best example was Hobbs and Shaw, where I had no idea that they were going to go to Samoa or whatever at the end of that movie because mm-hmm. I just didn't watch the trailers. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, I I do like the action in this movie. I do think that Rome thing is a lot of fun. I like. I mean, it's big and dumb as far as there's a big cylinder ball and it's like just drop a bomb. I have a ball. Like was like just um, there's other ways, but I I like actually this will lead me to another thing. I like the things where like Vin Diesel is using his car to like protect stuff. Like there's, there's a part where like a big nice. explosion happens and he's like uh, and he's like doing dom math and he's like all right I'll drive my car like this, lift it up so it shields the fire from hitting people and I'll knock over like an awning so that also helps with stopping fire because that's how fire works. Uh, like it's stuff like that where it's like, okay, Lily Terrier, I see what you're doing here. You've got some, some whatever you and second unit and ILM are doing. I appreciate this. This is fun, including like giant crane stuff and like cannon cars yeah. later on. Like there's stuff there that's I think is fun, and I look forward to seeing more behind the scenes videos because I like that there's you know for all the CG that's all over this thing, there's a lot of practical work going into this stuff, um, which is yeah. It works. It works well in this franchise. I like that there's still an emphasis on let's let's get let's let's crash real cars and throw rolling balls around and really make it make it blow stuff up. And you can and you can tell, and it matters, and it, yeah. there's a difference. 
Like, I remember what? there was that whole thing about, like, in the magnet cars in the previous one where they, like, show a magnet going through a, a car going through a building. And it's like, that's really cool. It's, like, 10 seconds of film, but it's a really cool, like, sequence of the movie. This one, they have, like, a bomb. I saw the video already. They had a bomb going through the bus. And they showed how they actually went, put a ball through a big bus and, like, had extras oh. and everything in the bus and everything. It's like, okay, cool. Like, I'm glad that that's still, like, an emphasis here. I would agree. By the end, I do like the the helicopter thing is pretty cool. Like, that's a... <laughs> like i don't know what people's limits are on how gravity cars physics and what have you works and frankly i don't care all i know is that's inventive and i enjoyed that well they make the joke and you made the joke i think in mark's intro that like if it's defied the laws of god and gravity they've done it twice like they know they're not hiding the fact that like the stuff these people do should not happen, but we're okay with it. And we're not only going, we're not only okay with it, but we're like, we're going to use this to define the characters for people who this is their first movie. By the way, you've missed some crazy stuff. Go back and check out the archives. I like that there's like three different recaps at, at various <laughs> points of this movie, just to make sure you're all caught up. Uh, I want to put when, a pin in the thing I wanted to say, Mark, what do you think of oh, like, the stunts and stuff? In here? Oh, oh no, like when Dom hit that crane, I put my arm up in the air, like a cheering. Like I did, I did a Judd Nelson from breakfast club. I'm dead serious in the theater. I, I threw it up in the air. I was like, oh my gosh, because I love using the car. Like when he blocks the fire, when he saves the lady. Like I, I liked that chase because like, I just like all the car gags in the movie. Also, like when Dom is in the back of the, the truck on the bridge in Brazil and he's like, you guys better buckle up. Like this is going to get bad. Like it's him having fun. That felt like I was so happy during that moment. Also when Brie Larson scratches Dante's car. Oh, like mm-hmm, little, mm-hmm. That made me so happy. And when she said Belgian beer, I was like, oh my gosh. But I also like I, I think it's pretty unnecessary, but I do love just watching Michelle Rodriguez and Charlize Theron, like two action badasses. I mean, they've been in some crazy action movies, just have their own huge brawl that's very unnecessary and they should just get out of there. Yep. But I mean, and to Theron's credit, she loses. So that's kind of nice. Like people are like, oh, no one loses in this franchise. But watching Michelle Rodriguez and Charlize Theron battle in a $340 million movie with their own set piece in a very unnecessary fight. But I, I loved watching that. Like, I love seeing it. And also, between Dungeons and Dragons and this, Letty's or Michelle Rodriguez is really good as a like secondary mom who's like a mom figure who takes care of the kids who gets put in an ice prison. I just want to put that out there. But it's, <laughs> I, I'll just say it's, that, like, as much as I enjoyed, you know, seeing the casual use of broken glass and that sequence i was disappointed that that wasn't a face-off machine that they were like dealing yeah. with as i wrote a theory, oh, wrote a theory about that i wrote a theory for film theory a short and they never published it which is good but i was like yeah there's gonna be a face-off I, I convinced myself it seemed like there was a lot of room for crazy medical experiments in that room and they just did not go for it at all yeah and well or you know, they analyzed... did and we don't know yet oh. but, um, but i know oh my it. gosh yeah I analyzed hobbs and shaw and i'm like the equipment that did brixton is like the same as the stuff in there, so there could be a face-off. I mean, I mean, the closest we got is is Jason Momoa channeling Nick Cage uh-huh. in his role, which oh. is going crazy, you know, just it's beautifully over the top. But you know, it was fun watching that fight, and then I like the gag about she's like just waiting for her, like Charlize is just waiting for her with the cold weather gear. Mm-hmm. Just made me it made me happy. And then another submarine, what? What? But it's need uh, but you know what? I, the one nice thing is in nine, I don't think I liked any of the action scenes. Like the landmine stuff was okay in nine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Well, I mean, they cross the, the, that bridge, they got the hook on it. I mean, it's just doing a I mean, pendulum. Was, a pendulum. 
it was fine. I don't know. But like this one, I feel like the action had more, a little more focus. Maybe that's because of uh, Louis Leterrier's work in, in more action films. I've always loved Justin Lin's action scene, so that doesn't really make sense. But I liked the progression of the Rome one. I liked how the, the helicopters pulled together, the damn bit, like kind of going, like going, looking at four a little bit when the tanker is rolling down. I don't know. I feel like there's more. I enjoyed the action in this one more than in nine. Okay. But I still love nine. <laughs> well, you know what I like in nine is Ramsey driving. Like she's, she doesn't know how to drive. That's a fun so, bit. Yeah. Like that's a good bit. Like that. Like, I guess, I guess I'm like the, the, the Joey's where it's all character bits for me. It is. And, and yeah, I guess. It is I mean, as bit. much as I like her driving in nine, it's almost funnier in this movie. She's like, Oh, that's right. I know things now. It's just like, yeah, like you've you've ex- ascended to the rank of like you're part of the family. You know about cars. Like I don't know about cars, but I know that Han drives an RX-7, right? Like I don't know what that means. Like I know things <laughs> now too. The Buster became a gearhead. She mm-hmm. just totally did. She yeah. So mm-hmm. the thing I wanted to get to regarding the action, um, there's a lot of people getting killed in this movie. Now, mm. is there? Well, henchmen wise. I have nothing against like Dante's people because they're henchmen, whatever they do the thing. Yeah. But the agency, that's just like government employees, right? That's just people that are they? As far as I know. I mean, I'll put it this I mean They my... work outside the government. I think that was like established. They're like they're not the government. They're they're outside the government. Even if that's the case, it's not as though they're inherently evil. They're people that are working for the greater good of the world or whatever, right? And there's a lot of scenes where Cena or Statham yeah. or anywhere else are just murdering them, <laughs> like shotgunning in the face and what have you. And it rubbed me the wrong way, given that this series, for all the collateral damage there is on a environment level, there de- tends to be an effort to stop civilians from being sit- like killed. Like in Task 6, there's a whole effort to be like, this tank is on, we got to stop this from getting through the people. Like they go out of their way to try to r- avoid civilian casualties. Here, they're murdering a lot of folks left and right. And well, it, what is strange is that the, the impetus of this movie, like before we saw it, it's like, okay, Dante wants revenge because they killed his father. And like when you're watching Fast Five, you're like, the movie's like all these cops are crooked. They're all under the thumb of Hernan Reyes. You don't care if they get killed because like they're all crooked. It's just like, well, they're still people, but like whatever. It's like th- there's justification, right? And so then we're like, okay, so then if if the movie is setting up again before we saw it, if the movie is setting up that like this is where they have to atone for their actions and like they're gonna like this is like the Avengers, like you know, the what's the what's the city they blew up in Avengers? Oh gosh. The Sokovia. Sokovia, Sokovia. Yes. Yeah, the Accords. Where it's like this is that version of that where like people are like, no, you're causing more harm than good. And then not only do they not really address that, but like Dante doesn't give a shit about these guys. And then even Cypher early on is just like, good helps hard to find. Like she doesn't care about her guys either. It's like, not only do they not care that like all these like, you know, extras, these military guys are dying, but they're just like, they're actively saying, we don't care. It's like, you don't have to care because we don't care. And it's, it's, it's a weird where we thought the movie was going about like, you're dragging us safe through the streets of Rio. And Dante's like, I did that now too. It's like, oh, okay. Like I thought you were like mad at us, but like, you're just doing what we did. So I don't know. I mean, when, when with, Jacob with kills that guard, mm-hmm. you're right, Aaron, when he kills that guard in the house fight, I went, Ooh, I was like, these are, these are, these guys got orders like under Mr. Nobody. They're good guys. Yeah. He peaked like shotguns, like four people through a wall. Yeah. I mean, they're dead. Like they're not alive anymore. And they didn't like, I, and they have families, which we learned. Remember Cypher's people have families. So I'm assuming these people probably have families and they're just working for corrupt leaders and getting slaughtered. Yeah, like it, 
in that like they're henchmen so it's like it, i the morals don't really bother me in that regard <laughs> and with momoa it's like well he's a sociopath so it's like whatever his logic doesn't make sense to begin with like it's i'm not i'm not concerned well, like, there's, he... you know like in the john wick universe right like it's like there there are civilians all around like in john wick 4 they're like driving through like the arc de triomphe like there's all this different stuff right and there's all these like, people around but somehow the movie's like none of them are dying you know that none of them are dying. the only people that you're seeing killed and you're seeing a lot of people get killed are hired assassins who like are risking their lives to try to kill john wick and somehow that movie is like this whole premise is insane but like we have established that no innocent people are dying and here you're like oh i don't know if that's and true they, and they barely know that this exists in john john wick <laughs> universe like there's no real like like they're at the rave they're still dancing it's like i guess they're fighting whatever we're dancing over here like they, there's not an acknowledgement that there's assassins around them they're just civilians doing their thing and they just know that they're safe or whatever like even yeah. like in hobbs and shaw when there's et on like at least you're like you can kind of buy in that like these are people who like have traded it all to like supercharge themselves right like there's a line where brixton's like you know, if you do this or whatever, like the next round upgrades on me, like some like equivalent of right, or just like you're you're working here to become more of a superhuman. These are just like people like who explicitly in this movie have wives and children, and we're like, yeah, but they can all die, right? Yeah, it just seemed more apparent to me this time around compared to other movies, and it's like that seemed a little too casual for my taste as far as what the fat what the fast family seems to represent, which is not murdering everybody that gets in their path <laughs> you know i think i think this one didn't feel as bad because a because they're henchmen like you said but also going back to nine when dom turns on the magnets and all the cars in what georgia start flying towards that vehicle I'm like what if there's a family in one of these cars like he didn't they're empty he, the, yeah, yeah we just assume that i mean they yeah. get some stray shots and we assume they're they're parked cars like, so it, no one's it, in a parked car right <laughs> true. like in that world no one just got in their car and was getting ready to leave like they're all just empty but you're like man dom that's that's that's, that's a pretty bold that's, move, the, that's an assumption i can still make in the realm of this universe is concerned where in this movie i'm seeing i'm, I'm seeing a good guy blast another guy with a shotgun who's just doing his job that's <laughs> that he's not a henchman of any kind he's just like there on a monday so it's like it just it, just, it stuck out to me more to this, this time around hey yeah, he kills the hell out of those people i did not see that coming i really didn't <laughs> I liked Mia hitting somebody with a frying pan, though. We almost frying had another kitchen fight. Is good. Well, this yeah. is the second in a row where there was a kitchen fight in nine, too, in Han's kitchen, right? Where L, mm -hmm. like, they have another kitchen fight where it's like, yeah, keep doing that. Good job, Noel. Yeah. Where the, broke where the hell is she? And there's uh, almost the bathroom fight because he wedges three people in the bathroom. Yeah. So uh, we almost got a nonstop-esque bathroom fight on a plane, but I guess we didn't get that. And that's the scene with Paul Walker's daughter. She's like the flight stewardess and the flight yeah. attendant to them yep. in that sequence. Um, this guy was an underwear model. Just he's a completely. I love how he just changed from eight. Like I love how Statham went from murdering forty guards in seven to becoming Uncle Statham in eight, and then in nine, nine Jacob is just like you said, ziplining and killing people, and then he's just Uncle Cena. See, I, so that, I, I guess Uncle Cipher's next. I like it for Cena because there's a reason. Yeah, <laughs> there's a. It makes sense to me. It's like, well, I don't have this grudge against my brother anymore, so I'll just be the guy that I am. Statham, it just seems to happen. Now, again, <laughs> Statham's cool. I don't like. I don't yeah. mind. Like, he's he's too cool for me to care that much about this kind of thing. But it did. I that's you're exactly right as far as the Justice for Han thing goes. Like, yeah, that's where that came from. It's like, who is this character? Where's the guy that murdered a hospital when we first introduced ourselves to him? Yeah. <laughs> 
he's back here it seems but for reasons that don't make sense to me what else <laughs> what else about this movie we talked a lot about this movie how about okay without getting too far into detail did you enjoy the ending two tags in this film oh how could you not how could you loved not it. loved it we've been craving this for so long both like mm-hmm. we've been we've been itching and and plotting the many different ways that this can happen and even in our preview episode like when we were recording we were like wouldn't it be cool if the credit scene was exactly what happened mm-hmm. and it played out and we we're like my like still mind blown this is perfect i love it this is the only way this could have gone this is the only way this franchise needs to go both situations give it to us i know we say we keep adding too many characters we don't kill off enough characters there's not enough screen time to share between everyone but this is the only way that can happen for fast fans and for us i was hoping zachary levi would pop up at the end in a cameo as what well just joking about the whole shazam okay other movie thing okay fine <laughs> I was like, did he play? Was he like an extra on Too Fast or something? Like, I'm trying to remember. Everyone's like, what? And he's like, I got you. You know who? No, it's perfect. I mean, I've been waiting for it. I, I, I always knew someone was still alive. They had to have been. If another person could have survived that, I don't want to spoil anything. Fair enough. And yeah, of course, that person will be back. I have a couple more questions before we wrap up here. Weren't Dom and Letty living in like seclusion in F9? Weren't they like off the grid yes. or whatever? <laughs> yeah, on like a farm. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on now? Are they cool? Like, presumably Cypher's still out there, which is probably the reason they'd be in seclusion to begin with. Why are they just back at the Toretto home? Yeah. And just once you get your house, house back. With Mia. Yeah. Once you get, once you get 1327 back, like you, you'd rather live on a farm than in 1327 staring out the windows. Well, the houses are, or, Wait, Mark, are you saying it was belonged to Mia? Is that the answer? No, it's Dom's house, though, right? No, but like when when everything was going down and everyone had to leave, Mia and the kid were just playing video games at their house. Like mm-hmm. totally, un- I mean, I know yeah, no, the, Uncle, just, Uncle the Cena was coming, but you're like, come on, y'all. Like, so Joe, Joe, you're, basement. I don't you're, know. You're, you're saying that it's just out of like desire to live in the city or whatever, but like they moved out. They were gone, right? <laughs> no, no, not not desire to live in the city. There's There's a tie... Of the family that is ground, it's it's like what tra- what changed between nine and now though? That's what I'm asking. You get the house back. They already had the house back. Yeah, but you but you get to go back to the house. Like the the it's whole the gr- <laughs> some Harry, Harry but, Potter enchantments. But yeah, it. that's what I'm saying. It's it like it's like the Stranger Things. Like there's something in the basement that's drawing you to the house. So like if they can go back and they have the ability. And the want and the power, they 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 will go back. But it, it's comfort. You're right. And Cipher was like, she's gone. Like, like she she was a, a remnant of herself at the like in nine. Like right. Like th- this right. is she was locked up. So once she gets locked up by Jacob and Otto, whatever, then you're like, okay, we feel safe now. Uh, Uncle Jacob's back in the fold. Although she was like in a drone or whatever, like we we feel safe enough so that we just, can go. They feel more secure, is what you're saying. I, yeah, I, okay. it's security, and right. yeah, okay. There is the line at the beginning of F9, where Dom or Vin, however you want to say it, looks at him or looks at Letty and goes, "The price we pay for peace and quiet." 
And I think he just got bored. I think I don't think he doesn't want to live out there, right? Like the whole like, nobody earlier does. In the franchise. Because the one thing Ryan is like, I miss the bullets, right? Like he misses yep. the action. Like you yep. can be safe, but like that's not you know you're not living. You're not los bandolero, or as he calls it, lo bandolero out there, right? Like you're you're just hiding, and like he doesn't want to hide. I think they have the agency on speed dial, like Joe said, Uncle Jacob back in the fold. Mia maybe living next door or something, right? Like they're around, like they can protect B. B has like the fire drill, like he knows where to go. Very out in the open in that bathroom, apparently. But you know, they've got the plan down. Plus Dom, when they when they asked Dom, what did he want at the end of six? Like the the only thing he wanted was his whole family to be back at thirteen twenty seven. So like as much as he's like now living outside and you know secluded, whatever, that was just for their safety, like. He he ultimately wants his whole family living at that house right. so that he's going to try to get back to that no matter what. Maybe he knows that he won't die because people just try to make his life hell. So he's like, well, they won't kill us here. Like They'll just try to make our Torture. life horrible. Yeah, they'll just bother us and make us most wanted and chase us around the country before they kill us. So I we're did, safe here. I did feel bad for the house that had gotten to a fight and like the floorboards are wrecked and <laughs> the walls are getting smashed in and stuff. It's like, ah, this poor house. Spoiler <laughs> alert, not the first time. Leave I, it yeah. alone. <laughs> They've blown alone. up the house before we're okay. We'll be all right. My last question. Um what's going on with God's eye in this movie? I liked it, to be honest. I, I'm not I against the use of God's eye. I'm just, I had a lack of understanding of who had it at any given time. That's fair. But I was saying to Joey, like, in a similar note, I really like that they haven't recreated God's eye. There's not multiple God's eyes. There's still just one. And the idea that they're keeping that in the movie and they're just passing around one, albeit you can now use it on a cell phone versus, like, a computer versus it was in the the ship apparently that somebody was and they ripped it out of the thing that's fine because i think expanding or multiplying god's eye would have made it convoluted for the storyline but so who so had like, it though like momoa take like cypher had it apparently and then momoa takes it from her no no but brie, brie larson but, but but what did okay what did momoa take from cypher he took other tech. He took okay. like because she's got all the he, crazy he, computer the tech. The computers, yes, 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 yes. And the nerds okay. he took with him to control yeah. the thing. Right. That's what threw me yes. off. I thought that she, I thought that she had God's eye. No, 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 no. Oh, Tess has God's eye. I've only seen this one. She stole from the agency. Guys, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. We I've only seen like once seventeen too. movies since Monday. So let me. <laughs> yeah, she shoots. Yeah, when he shoots her, he takes God's eye from her. I remember that. Uh, okay, so he didn't already have. That's what was throwing me off because he took some giant computer device, and my stupid head's thinking there's only one giant computer device and fast, and that's God's eye. So I thought that's what he had. Okay, that makes well, sense. Well, that's that's your fault. There's a bunch of. Well, I get that, but again, giant only, stupid computer devices. I've, I've only seen it the once. Okay, guys. So, <laughs> so did we, man? You saw it more recently than I did. That's <laughs> so. true. We also live these movies like you. Live we do. We live and breathe it. It's okay. Fair. Okay, that clears that clears a thing up for me for sure. Well, I think we've talked a lot about uh, Fast X, and I'm sure you guys have way more things that you go into on your podcast uh, for at least another hour. Uh, so I think we could wrap up our review of the film here. It seems like we all enjoyed it. When should people go and see Fast X, which is currently playing in theaters and IMAX? If you care about not being spoiled, don't go on Twitter until you see the movie. This. 100% this. See it as soon as if you If you care about spoilers at all, go to the theater immediately i think if you care about frustrating cliffhangers wait two years and watch <laughs> before you go see 11. yeah because i got everything spoiled for me before i went and watched it that sucks oh, yeah. man mm. yeah 
but watch it on the big screen enjoy it i mean i got half half spoiled for me and and i was like it still works i was still i was still really excited at the end but the I don't need to get into it, but I will say knowing one thing didn't in retrospect, while I would have still liked to be completely fresh, I get why it was okay to be like, okay, that's we can put that out there to cover another thing like that. That made all, I get I get the logic. I don't agree with it, but I get the logic. But Joe, you, know, you would say theater also go see it right away. Obviously, yeah, go for me. Yeah, go. Well, I mean, we're fast fans, so uh, <laughs> we want we want to see it as quick as possible, but. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really enjoyable. This is a summer blockbuster that's fun and ha- and has everything that you'd want. If you like Fast and the Furious, there's no reason to wait to go see this movie. I think it's better than nine. Yeah, see it as quick as possible for me. Mark, the whole narrative. People go watch these movies and they're like, "Did you see that movie? It's so unbelievable." It's like going to the beach and complaining about sand. Like you know yeah. what the fast world is right now. So being like, "Oh, did you see that scene? It's so unbelievable." It's like, yo. This movie's always been crazy. Like these franchises have always, maybe not one, but like these, I mean, a trucker defeats him in one, like he hands it to him, but it's, it's, it's complaining about the insanity of the fast world. Now it's just so pointless. It's just go enjoy it. You know, like they went to space, like they've, they've done the seven, they jump buildings, like just go enjoy it. Like I, I've, I'm still seeing people now complain about it being unbelievable. It's like, what franchise hasn't gotten crazier? I don't know. It's just annoying. But yeah, go see it in the theaters. Get over I think I think it's a testament that we've gotten to almost the Star Wars point of this, where it's like it's cool to say you haven't seen them. You're like, yeah, like I stopped watching it like three. It got really unbelievable, and you're like, okay, yeah, sure, but like they're fun still. Like why are, why why are you not like you just don't want to have fun? That's okay, cool, but like. It's- it's not a it's not like a bragging rights thing like that's fine like just don't watch it then but like people are like now like it's cool because like they really jumped the shark at this point for me you know like whatever and i will say they don't go crazier like we were like oh they're gonna do time travel spoiler they don't do time travel like they don't get crazy in space like dude they do they joke about time travel a lot five times there's a delorean in this movie no time travel right so like if you're like oh they jumped the shark with the with the space thing it's like well kind of realistically it's kind of grounded sort of i mean it's not but kind of it is what franchise hasn't gotten bigger in in, in regards to like story scope budget explosions like, is there yeah. any, like I, I feel like and if the and best if you did the the answer i have the best i could think of is probably the original planet of the ape series because you kept lowering the budget so they couldn't yeah. keep going bigger like yeah like but oh, you, but one. you're but you're not wrong as far especially today as far as blockbusters go yeah you don't generally make another one and be like let's make it smaller this time around because you're not right? giving, you're not giving the audience something new at that point yeah it's totally fine for people not like to not like the fast franchise whatever but just don't be like oh it's gotten crazy but because every franchise goes bigger it gets bigger and bigger so I, I just don't like the selective criticism it's totally fine not to like it but just say i don't like it because it just doesn't hold up when you're like yeah, oh, not it's liking a thing for what it is while going along with like the rest of it. It's like, that's, I mean, what are you expecting at that point? I like this movie a lot. Like I said, I think it's the best since Furious 7 and I like this franchise plenty. I would certainly say go see it in theaters. It's a lot of fun. It's a summer blockbuster. What are you doing? If you, <laughs> if you enjoy yeah. movies like this, there's more of this. Um, and honestly, it set me up in a way where I'm really excited for Fast 11. 
Um, we have, we also have, you know, as much as I decry the fact that, yes, we have to wait multiple years to finally get there, we have a lot of time to speculate what the title's going to be, and that's going to be fun. Um, one Fast, One Furious? I don't know. Um, <laughs> ampersand, ampersand, just, just hashtag ampersand is we what we've been going with. we got Fast 10 and 10, Furious 10. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, guys, we've done it. We've talked all about Fast X, and now it is time for us to move on to a little thing uh, called games. Ooh, Joey, why don't you time. have one of those? <laughs> I do. I have a really nice soundboard. Where is, just, where is, where we is use it on How to Win the Lottery? Us? We use it on How to Win the Lottery, oh, man. Oh, so you, don't, you save it without me. Okay. <laughs> today, the, the big news today is we added a Jay Sherman from the critics saying, it stinks. Uh, that's, that's a gif I use off constantly when it comes to movies I do not like. It saves me a lot of time. Um, okay, guys. I have a game for you this week. It is called X Gonna Give It To You. Um, this is a game where all of the answers are going to be films with X in the title in some way. What I'm going to do is read taglines for movies for the most part, with maybe an exception or two, and I'll give hints if I need to. And what you need to do is buzz in with your name and then the answer. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. I am ready. Okay. Yeah. Here's the first one. I do think Mark is going to win this game. We'll see. I need we'll to be see. carried by both. I don't think I ever win any of these games. <laughs> Mark's going to win. Or I'm Joey. bad at almost every movie game, except somehow I do well on this show, and I don't know why. But <laughs> now I've jinxed myself. Because we try to play fair. Welcome to the future of horror. Joey. Joey. Jason X. Jason X is the correct. So you're on the board. There you go. Nice. Come on, man. Okay. Here's the next one. His father taught him to hate. His friends taught him rage. Joey. Joey. American History X. His enemies gave him hope. It is American History X. That's correct. See, Joey's on the buzzard. (laughs) Crushing it. Here we go. To erase the line between man and machine is to obscure the line between men and gods. Mark? Mark? Ex Machina? Ex Machina is the correct answer. Oh, so it can be an EX. Okay, okay. Oh, I got creative. (laughs) I had to There's 13 of these. I had to stop myself because it was getting really fun putting these in. Here's the next one. (laughs) Discover the past. Live the present. Fight the future. Mark? Mark? Existence? Incorrect. Joey? Joey? X-Men Days of Future Past? Incorrect. <clears throat> no. You, no, you just don't know it? No, no, I have no idea. <laughs> if I say fight the future again, does that help at all? If I emphasize no. fight the future. Oh, wait. Well, there's, a, there's an X-Files Joey. movie called Fight the Future. The answer is the X-Files. There we go. Okay. I won't take, I'll take half that. a point. We'll I'm take not giving you a point. Wait, why do you get why do you get a half a point? You, yeah, I don't know why. Because I passed to you. I, I said pass to Joey because you said <laughs> uh, you you would look like you knew the answer. I, I like it. Here's the okay. next one. This one didn't have a tagline, so I'm going to give you some some clues here. This is an Oscar nominated biopic with a lead who was once rumored as being asked to be a fast villain. Mark. Mark. Malcolm X. It is Malcolm X. Ooh. Hey now. Yeah. I'll take X for 600, please. Okay. Here's the next one. <laughs> there are technically two movies with this title, so I have taglines for both movies. Here's the first one. The party you've only dreamed about. Mark. Joey. I heard Mark first. Project X. Project X was yes. the correct answer. The other yeah. tagline was when the Air Force assigned Jimmy Garrett to a top secret project, he didn't know what he was in for. Neither did they. That I've one's never heard monkeys, of that though. Project X. Yeah. There's, there's a monkey in that Project X. That's a better Project X. Good soundtrack in Project X, though. 
Good yeah, sound, yeah, terrible yes. movie. Good soundtrack. Kid Cudi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does, yeah, it has that Kid Cudi remix. Nas. Here's the next one. There's two taglines here. I'm going to read the first one. Murder, special effects. This time, it's for real. Here's the other tagline. Special effects are his life and and his death? That one amused me. Mark? Mark? FX? FX is the correct answer. What is that movie? Uh... FX is a really fun movie involving a murder that happens and a special effects tech that is involved in some way. And he teams up with a cop played by Brian Dennehy and he uses special effects to help them solve the crime. So it's like blowout, but instead of audio, it's special effects. Exactly that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Man, that's a CBS and cop it, show. It, it had a sequel, FX2, The Deadly Art of Illusion, and a, oh, TV, and a TV series that lasted like 30 episodes or something like that. Oh. Yeah. They should a... name the sequel FXX, just like the network. I mean, legacy sequel. <laughs> Bring it on. Here's the next one. A new breed of secret agent. Mark. Joey. Mark. Triple X. That is Triple X. That is Joe, that was right in our wheelhouse. Oh, that was right there. I think Mark has an advantage because he's got a shorter name. He's got one syllable. It's first. It's first. Uh, uh, yeah, like, hear, uh, he's beating yeah. you on that, too. I, I'm... <laughs> I'm listening. We got okay. it. Joey's so mad right now. Here's the next one. Every hero, every power will unite. Joey. Joey. X3, X-Men United. Incorrect. Oh. You got unite in the tagline, man. Every hero. Joe, I need you to guess. I need you to take a point away from Mark. Joe, X-Men. The first one. Incorrect. Oh, I, I realized my error. Oh, damn it. I'm so dumb. Joey. You won't get you can't it. Get but, yeah. He can get it's it. It's X2 X Men United. It's not X Men United. <laughs> is it X3 The Last Stand? No. You, that was your first guess. Or no, you no had... but I said X3 X Men United, which is not a movie. Wait. Yeah. yeah. No, never mind. Okay. It's X Men Days of Future Past. That's the tagline. Oh, so the, the movie I guessed before. <sighs> yeah. It got is. it okay damn it i had my pick of x-men movies to choose for this one i chose that one. yeah uh here's the next one back to the grind back to the grind back to the grind this is a sequel it's from the past mm -hmm. decade sequel from the past decade back to the grind you know what i don't like that aaron doesn't use joe specific clues in these Joey curates the clues directly towards me so that yeah, I, can I spend get to so the much answer. time on these games. Like, what are movies that Joe has heard of? Oh, this is one of the biggest movies of the 90s. He can guess this one, and he still usually doesn't. I will say what? the star of this franchise uh, is it's the, the initial film is based on his own past to some degree. All I'm thinking, and I know this is not it, I don't remember the name of the movie. It was a bad movie, but Josh Groban, it was like a coffee shop movie. All I'm thinking is back to the grind is like they're back in the coffee shop, which I know is not the thing. I will say this is uh dance is heavily involved in this series. Dance is heavily involved. Mark back to the Mark grind. Magic Mike X X Joey L. That is oh. that is correct. Yes, he sounded I, out. I never heard that um tagline, that tagline before. Yeah. That's a good one though. I like that, that tagline. Is, that is a good tagline. Tampo. Here's the next one. Some relationships just won't end. This was a little obscure. Joe, Joe? crazy ex-boyfriend, and and well, that's not crazy ex-girlfriend. That's, that's a also show. a TV show. Yeah, shit. It was. A, I tried to guess. Fair enough. It's good to guess. 
I think you're in. Um, I think you're. You have the right train of thought. I just don't know what the movie is. Some relationships just won't end. This is a horror comedy. Oh, uh, I know this. Yeah, Mark. Oh, Mark. Mark. (sighs) Joey, bury your ex. Incorrect, Mm -hmm. Joey. Burying the ex. That is correct. (laughs) Joe Dante's burying the. Nice, good job, Uh, bud. Two more. Okay. It's not a two more. The the latest, <laughs> the latest cop team has four legs, a tail, and a million years in attitude. Mark. Mark. Theodore Rex. Theodore Rex is the correct answer. That's a Whoopi Goldberg movie? That's the Whoopi Goldberg forced to be in this movie with a yeah. talking dinosaur film, yes. Oh, God. Yeah, there's like, the T-Rex. Read, read, read the, get, go on to Wikipedia to read about Theodore Rex and why Whoopi Goldberg was forced to be on that film. Um, here's the last one. Revenge gets ugly. Revenge gets ugly. Gets ugly. This is a comic book film. Here's trivia that won't mm. help. This opened the same day as Toy Story 3. 2009. See, there you go. 2010. 2010. Wait, what was the what was the one again? Revenge gets ugly. Revenge gets ugly. It's a horror comedy. No, it's a comic book comic movie. book comic oh, book comic book. Revenge gets ugly. This movie did not do well by any matter. Scott Pilgrim X the World. No, <laughs> no. <sighs> this entire game, I will let you know that I was waiting for the tagline like one goddamn fucked up horror picture, <laughs> like just X. Right, but you, you, you no, you, he did too good. Come on, the easy you one. knew better than that. Yeah, you knew better than can that. You, can you say the tagline one more time? Revenge gets ugly. Comic book movie from 2010. You have more hints? Um, Spawn X. It's a <laughs> revenge. It's a western. It's a oh, western. Mark. Mark. Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex is the correct oh. answer. Ah. Uh... Yeah. Well, Joe, thanks for playing. Joey. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm terrible at these games. It's I get right. really, really bad. It it's it's right. always happens like that. It's all right. Your partner here, he got he got he got second place here. But Mark, you ran away with this game. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations. You Ooh. win. X gonna give it to you. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. I think this is the first you, time I've won one of these. You know what I did get right that Mark was gonna win. Yeah. And yeah. and you know we should all watch after this? Exit wounds. Right. Ooh. Well, and exit to Eden. That's when he gave it to oh, you, and that's yeah. when they gave it to the audience and exit to Eden. I bought that on Columbia House. Okay, stole it. All right. When well, you didn't resubscribe. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's get some ad now feedback. 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 Where we go over some of the questions and answers on our Facebook page, Facebook comments. Just out now podcast. We go over the various questions and answers that we got on our page here. Uh, Joey, Joe, and Mark. Feel free to throw in any answers you may have as we go through these. First question we have, what is your favorite action moment from the Fast Saga? Chris writes the Cuban Mile from the Fate of the Furious and Fast Five, the train scene. That's what we got. Favorite action moments from the Fast Saga. Boat jump. Too fast, too furious. Boat jump. They're okay. too injured to get out of the boat, the car. I love it. <laughs> the um and this is like this is my least favorite fast movie, Fast and Furious, but the one-two jump. Uh, at the front with the tanker heist, the, the gas tanker heist that goes to the um, rooftop chase in LA. That's like a really strong section of film that I, I wish the rest of them would be capitalized on. 
Also, I mean, second you pick, I my brain is going. It's not really action, but it's driving. I'm gonna go to the drift date in Tokyo Drift when they're oh, that's cute driving downhill. Yeah, I I the first thing that popped into my mind was cars out of the back of the plane and Roman being hesitant. Like it's not really like a great action sequence, but it it just like hits for me. So like I really like that one. Yeah, no, the plane stuff is. I mean, it helps that I mean, despite Tyrese not being presumably involved, they did throw cars out the back of a plane. <laughs> yeah, and like parachute down. Yeah, I yeah, love but it. But that specifically with Tyrese, yeah, that's that's good fun. And also in six, when Roman jumps off of the tank oh, and that's onto great. Brian's car. But that's a- my my favorite part is when he finally gets into the car and the, they just look at each other and smile and laugh like that was insane. Like that's your favorite image though from any of the movies, right, Mark? Yeah. Oh yeah, it that's a, that's- it's him flying. Yeah, because Seriously, that's a favorite image of the franchise because they use that all the time whenever they can. <laughs> and, and just but the two of them having so much fun about it, like they're just laughing like idiots. Like I even included in that video I wrote, just like I, I had to I include that every time because I love the two of them together. That's like that and probably, yeah, all my all the moments with them. That's okay. it. Next question. What do you bring into a Toretto family barbecue? Brandon Peters, friend of the show, writes a Modelo, a special or a stone Benavaza. Uh, and Dom really needs a Cerveza upgrade. No, that's uh, rude. That's disrespectful. Uh, I think he would throw you out for something like that. Jordan Grout writes, friend of the show, he has revenge, and it serves 10. Okay, pretty uh, good. Cr- Christopher writes, potato salad, baked beans, mac and cheese, and myself. Um, Chris writes, me, some beer, and ribs. Jeff has Corona and lime. And Michael Lee, friend of the show, writes, a one-up mushroom burger, since no one ever seems to die in this franchise. Oh, so they, got, they don't need something... the one up then. If they don't die, they don't need a one up. Well, if you're going to the barbecue, though, you might. Oh, yeah, that's true. You would need a one up. I got oh. a specific thing that I need to share that I brought into a barbecue at Joey's house before. Got it. That's Rice Krispie treats. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you do half but... Rice Krispies, you do a quarter Fruity Pebbles, and you do a quarter Captain Crunch. It's the wave. Trust me. Delicious. Write this in. Write this in your recipe books. That's the way to do it. It's the best barbecue dessert you can ever make. Okay. Do it. I'm intrigued by this. I bring Corona. You bring Corona. That's that's what you do. That's an, I, yeah. Easy. Nobody like, will complain. That's beautiful. If you were having a barbecue and show, someone showed up with a rack of ribs, you'd be like, oh, that's really cool. Like, that's generous. That's a nice thing to bring. Or it's like, you're just giving me more work to do. <laughs> no, 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 no. They, I think that that implies that they're fully cooked ribs they're traveling with ribs or they're volunteering to cook the ribs i mean you could put them in foil and spoilers right you spoil them you you, yeah yeah put them in a my answer was beef ribs along with ambrosia bring ambrosia to me so ambrosia salad like the ratchet shit that with like the the uh marshmallows well aaron i am hosting a barbecue in one week so just come over bring your bring the ribs bring the ambrosia i bring a recycling bin to get all the glass because in fast six they had 20 open (laughs) bottles of corona like the prop department just went all nuts. facing different ways. And you know what, like, Joe? I want Mark to take the Fast and Furious mini quiz from the first movie because I feel like he might actually do well in that. Very well. Yeah. So yeah. That's what, what are you bringing to the fucking barbecue, Joe? Are you going to answer? Or no? It's like Corona. No, when Mark's at Corona, it's, it's okay, Corona. Okay. You, you, you bring beer You because you, you never go wrong with beer. Um, I also like that, like, there was a moment where, like, we, we, we saw a shot. I don't remember if it was a still image or part of the trailer, but, like, we're like, is Letty holding a pie? And then we confirmed Letty was holding a pie in the movie. Like, you know, dessert is always nice. A snack is always nice. But beer, you can't go wrong with beer. Amen. Yeah. And All glass right. recycling bin. Next question. In the Fast Universe, Tej and Ramsey are the greatest hackers in the world. 
what are some movie with what are some movies with stars whose profession doesn't exactly fit them? Kevin writes, I'll just say the happening and walk away. Uh, no. Luke Thomas, He's a good science teacher. Luke Thomas, Brett of the show writes, Burt Reynolds as the king in whose name a dungeon siege tale was told. Uh, <laughs> and Todd Levin, friend of the show, writes, Denise Richards as a nuclear physicist. Uh-huh. Coming just, soon to 1999 on the podcast. I just want to say that Mark Wahlberg, Tokyo Drift got me to move overseas. But Invincible also played a major role in that as well because he was a substitute <laughs> substitute teacher who worked at a bar. And when I decided to move overseas to like get away, I was a substitute teacher who worked at a bar. So the one-two strike of Tokyo Drift and Invincible got me to move overseas. Okay. <laughs> so I like Mark Wahlberg teacher. I just want to put it out there because his, his substitute teacher work in that movie was strong. I will say but- his college professor work in the remake of the gambler is awful uh so I would, that's my answer to that question i will say i'm looking because you know joe and i have a zach efron podcast which is on hiatus until he makes it in the oh, movie God. but i'm like has, has zach ever done a, a job that doesn't really fit him and joe do you remember in parkland the movie about the kennedy assassination zeph plays a doctor in 1963 it's like why oh yeah why are you that's... a doctor like what are you what are you doing here doesn't that's yeah, uh, Parkland is not the is not the yeah he plays a doctor for no reason that's not, I was thinking about the one where um he and Nicole Kidman have a really great scene the paper where boy she, where she pees on him where she pees on him that's that's what I was thinking about by the way you and Mark both broke my brain with that one those were really great answers and like I, I can't think of anything okay, because like my enough. brain is just completely distracted from both of these answers thank All you right. okay. Oh, wait, Tom Hanks and Larry Crown. Stop bashing why. Larry Crown. I, I When I spend time with Mark, he bashed Larry Crown. <laughs> because it's an awful movie. I mean, that's the reason. It's, it's a, it's a, it's, it makes me wonder how the man that directed that thing you do could direct something so terrible. And that is Larry Crown. Apparently, Joey's a fan. Uh, no, I'm not actually a fan. But there, when we talked about it on the episode of MFF that comes out this week, I think we brought up Larry Crown again. And there, I looked at my review. There was something that happened in that movie, which I have zero memory of, that I found delightful. But I couldn't for the life of you, for the million dollars Dante wagers on the race in this movie, I have no idea what that was. But there was something, one thing in Larry Crown that I really enjoyed. Was it Wilmer Valderrama? I don't know. Do not ask any questions. No follow-ups, please. Thank you. <laughs> Right. Next question: What other veteran actor should join up with Dom in the fast in a fast film? Uh, uh, Easy answer. Yeah, Michael Caine. Okay. And it's rumored, so hopefully Michael Caine is as just the, as the Shaw father, Daddy Shaw, Daddy, Daddy Shaw, Shaw is what we call him. Yeah. Uh, Brian White, friend of the show, has Robert De Niro. Jordan Rath, friend of the show, has Tom Motherfucking Cruz, and RDJ also would fit in. And Chris writes, I don't think we could go wrong with my main man, Samuel L. Jackson. Well, Keanu oh, has been rumored for a while. Keanu, apparently, you know, David Leach, the Hobbs and Shaw yeah, team I recall friends. This. So, like, get Keanu in there. And they've worked together with X and Sam Jackson with Triple X movies. Triple X franchise. Mm-hmm. Tom, Tom Cruise in a Fast and Furious movie? I don't <laughs> think it could work. He he can't get enough screen time. Like, it, I, I really don't think that it could actually no, Cruise, Cruise would work. have to be the villain. Cruise, yep. Cruise, and he wouldn't do that. And RDJ is not going to do this kind of thing either. I, um, Dolph Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren. like that's a believable answer. I would say like he'll that's be, a good answer. That's a really he, good answer. He'll be Ames's dad. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that works. Who Dom goes to 
And then he's like, oh, I can't let my kid do this. I would say like. And like, they daddy bond. Yeah. About it. They daddy bond about it. Yeah. Like like Donnie Yen could fit in here. He, to throw Donnie into this franchise. He'd have sure. Fun. Oh. Just their whole Return of Xander Cage thing going on, I guess. That's what's happening here. Well, yeah, it did Brit- feel like Return of Xander Cage was like, who could we recruit into the Fast and Furious? Like, let's try out Ruby Rose. Let's try out Donnie Yen. Let's try out, like, all these different people. They brought in Tony who- Ja from the other one. <laughs> right. It's just like, who could maybe work? And the answer was none of them. Even though that like, movie is amazing. For now. I like the hacker lady in there a lot. She was funny. The Vampire Diaries. Nina Dobrev. Yeah, oh. I like, she was really funny in that movie. Yes. For for like three before between the time I saw that movie and we started too fast, I was like, remember in Fate of the Furious where someone's really horny for Dom on the plane? And then I'm like, why is that not in Fate of the Furious? I'm like, oh, because that's a totally different movie where she really wants to sleep with Xander Cage, not Dominic Toretto. Totally different character. Same guy, different his, actor. His sleeveless shirt game and triple X three is it's, it's it's a lot. Just putting it out there. Uh, next question. <laughs> What movie character drivers would you want to see in the street race with Dom? Justin writes, Baby from Baby Driver. And Todd Libano has Mario. I want Gosling, the aforementioned Ryan Gosling, as the driver in Drive. All right. Yep, with Joey. I'm with him. Lightning McQueen. (laughs) Uh, Ciao. Ciao. This is where you get Tom Cruise in here uh, from Days of Thunder. He's going to drop the hammer, Harry? Cold, cold trickle. I'll jump in here. I'm going to drop the hammer, Harry. I like um Christian Bale too. Just get Ford versus Ferrari. Just oh my, yep, that's it. Go they time travel till oh, we can have till till He's going. Yeah. We mentioned an hour and a half ago. Chris Hemsworth in Rush. Mm. Oh, good oh. one too. John Rusherson, that's his name, as we all remember. Uh, last question: What would you like to see Jason Momoa do next? Jason writes Star Wars or the voice of Kirby. Kirby would be good. And Michael Lee, friend of the show, writes makeup tutorials as Dante Reyes. He does have nail painting that we see in this movie. Yes. So, disturbingly. Like ASMR. And not because of the nail painting, because of what's going on in that scene. Mm-hmm. ASMR really like... nail painting. That would be good, yeah. I want to see a remake of the movie Alligator, which I love, and he can be the lead in that. He could be the Robert Ooh, Forrester character. He's in yeah. Jack Forrester role. And he'll be like, I'm going to go kick some alligator's ass. But, like... My favorite part about Alligator, I mean, Alligator's great, but my favorite part about Alligator is that everybody keeps making bald jokes about Jack Forrester, right? Yeah. Like, Robert <laughs> Forrester. And, like, Momoa's got such perfect hair. Like, he, you know, it, he can't do that. I would like to see Momoa do a cooking show, and I don't know why, but I want to see him host a cooking show as himself. Now that you guys mentioned this. Alan Partridge. And his hair, I think that I want Jason Momoa to just do Fabio smut novel uh, covers. Well, we saw, I sent you that letterboxed entry for the Lifetime movie he did, right? Where he's yeah, like, no, no, but he wasn't big enough. He, he, yeah. he, he didn't have a, a full man body yet. So I want like the Fabio shirtless Jason Momoa locks flowing, just covers of smut novels. That's you wanted to be the, the Channing Tatum character in the, uh, the Lost City with with long hair with long with longer well he wears like a wig in that yeah it's, it's, it's so we haven't gotten that yet because right. the channing podcast died but we're gonna get to that in like eight or nine years so just stay here. <laughs> we do one every three months so you know he's got like 40 movies we got like 25 to go it's a long it's a long ways out all right i like the jumper universe so i'd like to see him in a remake of jumper just, is there just... a jumper universe or is it just the, the one jumper movie? Hey, it's the one welcome, welcome to the war <laughs> Yeah, put him. I want to see. Remake. I want to see Momoa play like a very intellectual character with glasses, it's like a nerd. Yeah, you know, just like a you know, big nerd. A and dangerous like, just like method too. Behind, yeah, yes. 
what when when Mark mm-hmm. brought up Jumper, I was like another movie of that era that there is a whole universe. There actually is a universe because there was a TV show that also gives him the brain power of an intellectual. I want him to take that limitless pill, just like unlock oh. the limitless you want pill him to do or the... drugs, like Han in this movie oh, with the special muffin. No, I'm just saying like the limitless pill. Talk like, about a scene that goes nowhere, that by the way, where it's like he took drugs, he took a brownie, he took a special brownie. They also hate faster than any drugs ever, but you know. And, it, and like, what do we do with that? Oh, we saw something funky for half a second, and then we moved on. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. That whole what was Roman really throwing at the light in that scene? Do we know? Well, We've asked this. He's doing this like LeBron dust thing. But yeah. With like, what though? What, what's the substance and why is he doing it? He just carries chalk around like money. I don't know. <laughs> I have no, I have no was, it, was it supposed to be cocaine? Because why would you throw it at it's a light? Co- that seems like co- a waste. It's not cocaine. Um, it just it just has he just has the dust. I don't know. Sand. He just carries dust. sand. Maybe, well, maybe, he just has sand. Maybe it's baby powder, because you know you get you get ashy flying around in airplanes and stuff. It gets dry. Put him in a cocktail. That wouldn't really. help. That would just dry you out. That's well, so he's got the he's I got the know. aforementioned baby oil. He's now got baby powder. He's now got the aftershave or or that is in the form of a spray cologne. Right, like smells like magic. Okay. I I don't know. Tyrese had a lot of things up his sleeves this time around. I do wonder if that was also just something that like Tyrese, the actor, did. They're like, oh, I guarantee that? that was a. I want to do the LeBron dust thing at the end of the scene. Uh, why? They're like, yeah, we're gonna cut this scene out, and they didn't. He's like, I'll like, do you it, can I'll do it, it twice, and I'll, and I'll do only one doing. take of the dialogues. So therefore, you can't cut away to anything else. <laughs> All right. Well, that was feedback, 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 and that's gonna bring us to the end of this week's episode about now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, you can find all my work at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write for Legal Entertainment for movie reviews and Wise the Blue for Criterion and Blu-ray reviews. I am also a part of the Summer of 93 at 30, a special podcast from the Brandon Peters Show, where we talk about the summer movie lineup from 30 years ago back in 1993 with friend of the show, Brandon Peters and Scott Mendelson. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Uh, Joey Lewandowski, what do you want to plug here? Too fast, too forever. We did a three-hour episode review. Spoiler filled. We did not get into spoilers here. So if you saw it, you're like, ooh, what do I think about X, Y, or Z? We talked about it for about an hour and a half, opened the packs from AMC Movie Theater, and then answered listener emails for another hour and a half. So three-hour episode about Fast 10, and we've got like four or five more episodes about this very movie coming out over the next month with different guests. So if you want even more Fast 10, and we are also about to kick off the 13th time through these movies with The Fast and the Furious the first week in June, every Tuesday, anywhere you get podcasts, just go to TooFast2Forever.com for more info. Joe, too, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, um, I would like to add the theme of the next lap is planes, trains, and anything but automobiles. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're going to cover in the pit stops every other week uh, in between the movies. We're going to cover movies that don't cover cars, anything else but cars. Maybe some jet skis, Mark. Please. Mark will be on an aquatic episode. Uh, Mark Hoffmeyer, where can people find more of you online? Movies, films, and flicks. We got the 500th episode coming up, so I'm doing an entire week of releases. Then if you go to... Oh, I have Deep Blue Sea, the podcast. I have Conair, the podcast. It's just wrapping up. And if you go to Fandom, by the numbers on YouTube, you can check out my series. I got the Chris one coming out. I got a few, I don't know, whatever, film. Oh, it's all over, whatever. I got some cool stuff coming up, too. I don't want to talk about it, but it's cool. Don't want to talk about it. All right. Well, with all that said, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast.com. Follow us on all the, all the socials, Facebook, Twitter instagram out now 
podcast out now, underscore podcast variations of those. You can find our Twitters and stuff. You know where all that is. And um, yeah, again, iTunes reviews and ratings, good to get those. Please help out our show going that way. Uh, I want to thank Joey, Joe, and Mark for joining me for this Fast X com- movie review. Thank this you, Aaron. Episode 534. <laughs> Glad to have you all here, as always. Of course, it's a lot of fun. Thank you, the listeners, for listening. Next week, we'll be talking The Little Mermaid. She's back. Still hey, b- Best talking crab since Barb and Star. Finally. Uh, yeah, that is going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Take me back to the city that I call my city where everybody knows my name. Take me back to the people that I call my people, yeah. I'm a long, long way from my city, my city. Ooh, feel like an underdog used to write me off now they're changing up the dialogue raise a glass to the past and all them that were proven wrong you could take me out the city but i brought my family along yeah. and the memories are playing my head but i won't let them burn me again i came too far just to let go baby i'm coming back home coming back home take me back to the city that i call my city where everybody knows my name But Joe's favorite line from any of the trailers was not in the movie. Winning used to be about winning. They don't even say it in the movie. It's and the that's dumbest thing I've ever heard. So disappointing. And they put it in a trailer. And it, it, what does that mean? Like, I'm trying to. It means that winning used to be about winning. I'll, I'll save this. <laughs> we'll talk about, we can talk about trailers in a minute. Okay. Game face. <laughs> winning used to be about winning. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? What does food all over the place mean to you? <laughs> so winning used to be about winning. It's just he like, hey, says man. it in, in the context of the trailer. He says it, I think, when he's about to race Dante in Brazil. Well, I guess now it's all about what money or like winning used to be about winning. I think now it's now there's think, no money think, in this race. No, I think now it's winning. Well, he does offer a million dollars or she whatever. Oh, but fair. like, OK, I think it's about winning use is now about making sure that your family does not die. Oh, that's what he has. To, so when he wins, it's not just like, hey, man, I won. Now it's and I saved the entire human race. Mm-hmm. Or at least Diogo and Isabel. If I was one of those people, I'd have snagged some of that cash that he threw all over the place. I could have mm-hmm. gotten away with like a mill. He was just he was just making it rain there. Well, his name sure. is Dante and a lot of stuff blows up. Good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. I'm so sorry. You're fine. I was was letting you go.